Welcome back, everybody. This is the last American Pubcast, and I am Frank from the Let's Be Frank channel. And I'm glad to be here joined by two other panelists that will be joining us for the future as we introduce you to this new show that has been created in order to help bring you guys some news topics and, of course, some awesome guests that we are going to have on the future. And I'm very excited to uh, be in this time slot at 7 p.m. This is a two-hour broadcast. We'll be doing 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And if you haven't subscribed to the official Last American Pubcast YouTube channel, you can check that out in the link. And, of course, you can check out all the other links for the channel itself. And if you have guests, if you have anybody out there that you would like for us to take a look at, maybe you have on the show, please just send it to us via the official Last American Pubcast Twitter account. The DMs are open and you can follow us over there. So it's great to be here. Let me go ahead and turn it over to a couple of my guests here. And PJ, welcome. Hey, welcome in. Uh, <clears throat> welcome in, Chad. It's great to be here. I'm very excited to be a part of the uh, Last American Pubcast. We've been talking about this, I think, for little over a month, so I've been pretty excited about it, waiting to, to tell people, and I finally got to this week. So thank you guys for – thank you, Frank, for having me, and thank you, chat, for uh, for being here. What's up, everybody? It's Tom over from America Floats, the channel trying to keep America afloat, and uh, happy to be here. I have known and talked with Frank about doing something like this for a while, so we're happy to put it together and uh, excited to see what we can come up with. We've got a few interesting topics for this evening and uh, excited to see what conversations come about. So thanks, everybody, for coming along. Yes, no, absolutely. And I'm glad that you guys are all joining us today in the chat. Uh, everybody out there joining us on the different platforms that we are currently streaming on, which is Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. Um, it's all, and we soon will add, of course, a Rumble, and we will also add a Odyssey here in the near future. But today is the very first show, so I'm very glad to get this kicked off. And we are kicking off with a story that was dominant at the very beginning of this week, talking about the Georgia Guidestones. If you guys don't know what the Georgia Guidestones were, they were what many people dub the American Stonehenge. But what we know really what it was, it was the absolute New World Order Testament, their Ten Commandments that they, they, they had uh, planned for the world once they were able to get the population down to under 500 million. And what a uh, what a wonderful time to see that monument be crumbled. But of course, the left was all outraged when it crumbled. They didn't seem to be too outraged when they were tearing down statues of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and all that during the most peaceful summer of love riots, were they, guys? Right, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Georgia Guidestones is an interesting one to me. I've been following this story for a while, and it was interesting that it popped up this week. At, uh, I mean, obviously, it was going to pop up because of the explosion, but um, I feel like it was something that just people didn't know a lot about. Uh, you were familiar with this before, Frank, right? Yeah, I actually was actually going to write out there to do a you know small documentary and talk about the stones and you know talk about their origins and yeah. and talk about you know some of the symbolism and some of the commandments they had put on that stone. And really kind of explore that. But before I could do that, they decided to tear it down and blow it up. And now here what we have is the rubble of the New World Order. Hopefully it's a uh, testament for something that will be coming in the future as we uh, make these globalists panic, knowing that there are many, many uh, people around the globe who are tired of this type of ideology they've been trying to yeah. uh, put onto the people of this uh, world. But most importantly, the people of this country, PJ and Tom. Yeah, yeah. you would think. You would think whoever put these in, whether it's Ted Turner or any other nameless, faceless group uh, behind uh, 
the the installation you'd think that they would either be known now or would be filing some kind of insurance claim surely someone paid for the backhoe to come out and wreck it after it was you know blown up so mm -hmm. who is that well they did turn I, I don't know if that was the county because they the guy who made it the pseudonym rc christian handed over the uh land and the the monuments like the to the county of Ebleton. so i don't know if they paid oh, for see. it but yeah um yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it just this article here was on July 7th. It just said a mysterious monument stood in the United uh, U.S. state of Georgia for more than 40 years, but now the stones are history. Previously unknown uh, perpetrators blew it up, the so-called Guidestones. While conspiracy theories are entwined around the explosion, just like the American Stone uh, Stonehenge itself. And if you guys don't know where this was, it's about uh, 180 kilometers from the city of Atlanta on a hill in uh, Elbert, county georgia uh and it's you know the monument stood since 1980 and as uh as uh pj pointed out uh the person itself who was it it was rc what was it? robert c christian but uh even the guy joe um i can never pronounce his last name right uh the, the guy who owned ebleton granite joe something he he said that he didn't think it was the guy's real name it was just a pseudonym and he kind of came in gave him this uh idea he had like a map up of uh, or a miniature version like a scale model had very specific instructions for the way it faced and what its dimensions were and its size and there's even a, a capstone or a, a explanatory tablet that tells you the astronomical features and all that stuff so like it was very thought out and specific but the guy just kind of shows up like yeah, the, pays the this, owner. this massive amount of granite uh far, 20 you know, tons. right there 20 yeah. tons of it the, I don't even remember what it cost. has no questions about this. Like he's approached with a you know a, a guy with just a seemingly odd name, Robert C. Christian. He's got a bag of money. He's got a slate. He says this is what we want done, and there's no questions asked there. Well, it costs about three hundred and seventy-three thousand dollars of what today's currency would be to build this. So I don't know if he's just like, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take the money and and build <clears> this <throat> stupid thing in the middle of the field and look the other way. I, I have no idea. A lot of people think he was behind it himself, that the whole RC Christian thing was uh, fake. So, Yeah, which is really interesting. And a couple of quick facts about this. You know, there were, the, there were 10 messages on it, and it was all engraved in English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, ancient Chinese, and Russian. And here were, you know, for you all out there that may not know what were written on there, here were the 10 messages on the Georgia Guidestones. One was to keep humanity under 500 million uh, in a constant balance with nature, unite humanity with a new language. Uh, number three was control reproductive uh, reproduction wisely to improve fitness and diversity. Number that four means was, eugenics. Right? Yeah. Number three yeah. is well, eugenics. The first one is is uh, genocide, and the third one is eugenics. So, like right there, like the second one is kind of like a globalist thing. But like right yeah. in your first three of what I think is uh, uh, basically the anti-10 commandments. Like like you said, the, the commandments of the liberal world order or whatever I was calling them the other day. That it's it's a very much of a mocking Christianity, and then it starts right off with genocide and eugenics. Yeah, like right in the beginning. So right. great, good stuff so far. Yeah, and number four was rule with passion, faith, tradition, and all things with moderate reason. Uh, then number five says protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Number six said, let all nations settle their own affairs internally and settle international disputes before a world court. It's more globalism right there. Yep. Yep. Uh, number seven was avoid petty laws and useless officials. Number eight was strike a balance between personal rights and social uh, social duties. 
Number nine was Worthy Truth, Beauty, Love, In Search of Harmony with the Infinite. And number 10 was Don't Be a Cancer on This Earth, Leave Space for Nature, Leave Space for Nature. Yeah, which sounds a lot like Paul Ehrlich's Population Bomb book, which I think came out in the 70s, so sometime before this, when the, the left decided that uh, some type of global warming or cooling or change or something like that was uh, excuses to... to continue to push for abortion to continue to push this idea that hum humanity is a cancer on the earth and we need less people i mean it's, it's been a plan that's been in, in place for 50 years the, the left has been pushing for uh i mean that one you know one child policy type stuff all over the world so they also yeah. expected that there would be like a giant flood that would wipe out most of humanity they put these stones on the highest point in all of georgia for a reason um and i think it's interesting that they also served as a compass and as a whole bunch of other, you know, um, what do you call it? Geo mechanically, you know, useful devices. So you'd have a compass, you mm -hmm. have uh, rulers and other kind of devices on the sides of them. But I also had read, and maybe this is incorrect, that the side or the slab of the four slabs that are held up um, or were that the one that had the Chinese and Russian transcriptions of these uh, statements was the one that was blown up. And so I wonder if that was targeted or not sophisticated, just coincidental. Uh, the yeah. way that it blew up, though, is it blew towards the outside. So I don't know if the, the bomb or whatever happened was set in the middle and it just happened to blow up in that direction. But, yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, because you can see some of the damage on that interior um, pillar right there. But you're right. I don't know. Like, I didn't even think about that, about one of the tablets being targeted over. Because it was just basically the one in the top. Uh, that right. And if, if that yeah. were the case, like if I'm the guy and I go, hey, I want to take out just the Russian and Chinese version of these Ten, uh, ten Commandments so that mm -hmm. if there's a World War Three and a hundred years from now, we have to rebuild society. There's no Chinese or Russian. If that's some idiot's thought, then maybe he's lining just that one slab and then triggering it that way. Yeah. yeah what's also interesting um, that some people don't know about is that there is an actual time capsule. Uh, you know, off to the side over here, buried that has an inscription, you know, that is a time capsule, uh, but it has no open date. There's like no date for it to be unearthed. So I'm wondering, are they going to go ahead and dig this time capsule up? And well, there's it? no there's there's no buried date either, though. <clears throat> and that's the thing. Like, I think people aren't even sure if there is a time capsule. And there's two there's two big questions that I have about this because it's been a few days now. And you think they tore it down within hours like they it was, it was were there. They were quick. They're there quickly to tear this down. So you think by this time we'd have two answers, and one of them is, is there a time capsule and what's in it? And the other question is, and I, maybe this maybe this links it to being Hillary Clinton because we've got a we got camera footage all the time, but yet the only camera footage we don't have is somebody placing this bomb, and then we have some some camera footage of the guy driving away from a different camera, but none of none of the car driving up to it. Like I don't know. It's it's a uh, kind of Epstein cell esque to me. Like the the lack of certain camera footage. Well, the yes. fact that they have any footage to show you at all just tells me that's the footage they want you to see. Right. Like any kind of Pentagon security footage. Like, hey, there are frames missing, but we're showing you what we have. It's like, well, then you're showing me to kind of almost misdirect. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody in the chat said there was a cube replaced back in 2015. And somebody else said time capsules might be a biobomb Pandora's box. Yeah. Oh, the cubists. <laughs> i yeah. don't know it's weird like you, you said misdirection the only car that we've seen is this one silver car kind of like a crummy footage of it and it's 
I don't know. It looks more like a drunk teenager to me because he's not even driving on the road. It's like driving on the side of the road for some reason. So I don't know if that's like not linked at all or if they're trying to to misdirect. But it is weird. You think you'd have like a full uh, breakdown of the all, all the footage of that day by now. Like yeah, some, we talk, just imagine like the the movie scenario of this. You guys is like some dark you know skiff somewhere. Um, Hillary's over a computer saying, "Okay, pull it up." And they pull up the security camera and they see, like you said, some drunk teenager in his car. And they're like, oh, this will surely spook him. And they hit it with something. And he goes driving off. And the news to us is a car seen speeding away from the scene. of a. And so we're all just putting the wrong pieces together and right. they're having a good laugh. Yeah, it's a good possibility. Yeah. And, you know, before we came on air, I kind of mentioned, you know, is this a misdirection as Tom just said? Uh, stated is this a misdirection what what did they want us why did they want us to focus on this you know monument being blown up and then taken down within hours uh now what was going on right around the same time that you know we should be paying attention to <laughs> i think i think brent has it putin did it <laughs> yeah P putin definitely did it yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah i'm sure uh i'm sure they haven't uh they uh a politician will come out and talk about that very soon <laughs> Putin did this in January 6th, ate my homework. So uh, I think we've got all the bases covered. Did you see that there's another obelisk? I have not been able to find much on this, so maybe somebody will know. But there's this obelisk in Vegan City, B-I-G-A-N. Uh, and people are saying it's like a historic, like, uh, kind of demonic obelisk. But I haven't been able to find why they why the that connection is made. But it was struck by lightning today. So there's a lot of people are making the connections between this obelisk and... Uh, uh, I don't even know that was built, put in 1572. Here, I can show it on the screen really yeah, quick. Yeah, go put it up on see there. This. Maybe um, when uh, when we hit a certain frequency, like the Schumann resonance, you know, moves off of a a certain point, or when CERN dials up to a certain level, then all these obelisks will start just you know becoming <laughs> Tesla coils for the atmosphere. Who knows? Rock some, some straight out of fringe out. is what it sounds like. <laughs> Maybe they're all put on certain ley lines and uh, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I see the obelisk. Yeah. Where was this at, mm. you said? Or where was it? Uh, shoot. I just saw it before. Um, I'm not really 100% sure. It says Vegan City. Where's that at? V-I-G-A-N? Which is... Oh, in the Philippines. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You know, now with that going on, this week's been jam-packed with so much news, uh, PJ and Tom, that, you know, it was almost hard to, you know, talk about how we were going to fit everything in this two-hour show that we have because there's so much to talk about. So, you know, as we are heading off here, because we had this, you know, just a couple months back, Tom and PJ, we had the trucker protest in Canada, right? Because yes. of the vaccine mandates and the uh, insane vax policies that Trudeau has pushed on the Canadian people. And we started seeing that kind of spread across the country, uh, across the U.S. for a little bit. It was not as major as Canada, and there was a little bit elsewhere. But right now, there's a huge farmer uh, uprising happening out in Europe. And, PJ, you, you had a little yeah, bit about Yeah, so this. I actually am glad you brought up the Canadian example and the American example because this is something that I've been talking about for a while. So as a truck driver myself, I saw the uh, Canadian uh, truck thing where they just parked – Essentially, if people are not familiar, they parked a bunch of trucks and it was Ottawa or um, it doesn't matter. They parked them all in this major city in Canada Ottawa. for weeks on end. Uh, their people were bringing them gas and food. And uh, they were just basically saying, like, look, if you're going to force us to get a vaccine, we're just going to not work. We're going to block the city. Uh, and, and they made a good point because the point was, hey, you're, you're saying the government is now 
mad at truckers for shutting down businesses. And the point they're trying to make is that's what you've been doing to us for two years. So and, I feel and like not the, just that, but to amend that they did it in a peaceful way. They right. made it a party. They made it a thing that was a spectacle that drew mm -hmm. people from the middle to their side. And they did it in a way that the news could not show it as anything but a peaceful rally, which is why you saw a bunch of weird Nazi flag plants and other Right. obvious false flag dumb things literal false flags yeah and and uh you know not surprisingly the government made themselves look so much worse because the ottawa yeah it was ottawa the ottawa police literally said uh we will kill your dogs if you don't come home yeah they said this to truck drivers if you if you're a truck driver and you have a dog at home we will go and kill your dog if you don't uh stop this protest so the, gov well, the government, no, made PJ, themselves that would look have been terrible. the humane thing to do because these truck drivers had dangerously left their their dogs at home in the care of some other human. And, right. and not yeah. only kill their dogs, <laughs> they were going to take their kids away, too. Well, yes. kids, dogs. I mean, the state doesn't <laughs> see them as just a mouth. That's all. Very true. Yeah, right. Uh, no, but yeah. So the, the point that I was going to make with that is like, I feel like that was the example that America should have taken. And the problem with the American trucker protest is it was poorly organized. It didn't uh, make a spectacle. It didn't make it into a party. They literally drove around DC. Uh, they didn't park anywhere. They just drove around DC a couple of days. Not that many of them. There was nothing. There was no stated goal of what they wanted to overturn because at this point we're two years into the pandemic. Most of the or almost basically two years into the pandemic, most of the businesses had opened back up. Most places were like, especially for truck drivers, were just like, hey, you know what? We're not going to force the vaccine mandate on you. Sure, some businesses were, but in the trucking industry, it wasn't really a thing. Um, so like, the, nobody knew what they were protesting for, and all they did was kind of slow down traffic on the beltway around D.C. Right, yeah. Days. It was extremely uh, ineffective. So then we go to this uh, the Netherlands protest, and this, again, is... This is why I said we did it wrong. We waited too long. We had uh, no stated goals and we didn't, we weren't effective. And now we're seeing actual effective uh, civil unrest in the Netherlands. Um, Cause this week, basically uh, on Tuesday, lawmakers came out and said, Hey, we're going to shut down uh, a bunch of farms. We're going to, well, Tom was telling me earlier, that they're actually going to seize some of this land too. So they want to, they want to reduce emissions, but by, by 50% when we're talking about nitrogen oxide and ammonia is what they're saying. So basically cow farts. Uh, they want to reduce by 50% by the year 2030, uh, literally stating in these articles that this is part of the World Economic Forum's uh, UN's 20, uh, Agenda 2030 plan, the thing that was a conspiracy theory before, even though they implemented this in 1992 and called it Agenda 21 back then. Um, and uh, they, one of the quotes from the government was literally, the honest message is that not all farmers can continue their business and those who do will likely have to farm differently. So, like, they're literally telling you: not only are we going to make you reduce the amount of cows you have, uh, and one of the stated one of the stated reasons was because they're next to uh, na natural land, which I've made the point: there's no animals in nature that fart as well. Like, I've never understood the cow farting. Like, if it's in a pen, it's going to fart and kill the environment. And if it's in the wild, it's it's not somehow. Well, it's you know natural land as opposed to you know unnatural alien land. You know, I'm glad you said that, though, because it's so crazy, like having grown up in the middle of the country, having grown up in farm country and grown up in a family of farmers. It's so weird to me that we see these big city people talking about these awful farms and how terrible they are for the environment. And I'm driving around. I'm like, I can breathe out here. It's so nice. <laughs> like blue skies. I go to the city. It's just like smog and shit. And uh, like places like China, people literally been wearing masks there since the nineties because the air quality is so bad. And yet, uh, somehow they've convinced these pack rats in New York city that, uh, farming country is, is what's killing the environment is mind boggling to me. I yeah, literally me have, to have never left the East or West coast to believe that.
it reminds me of the tweet from Kyle Kalinsky where he took a photo from a plane. He was traveling, I think, to like go see Joe Rogan do the uh, the JRE podcast. Mm-hmm. And so Kyle Kalinsky, the, the leftist YouTuber in the plane, takes a photo of farms. So it's grid, you know, it's grid like and circles and squares all over. And he goes, weird how the land, you know, makes these shapes. I wonder why this is. And people are like, uh, do you not know where your food comes from? And I think that kind of goes to the pack rat mentality of the city folk, if you mm. want to call them that, which is. They don't know where the food comes from. They genuinely will tweet things like, oh, it doesn't matter if the farm's shut down. Just go to the grocery store. I've literally seen this, and I've seen people that have gone in and said, well, uh, they, they, one lady bought meat. This is a real story. She bought meat from a grocery store, and she's like, what's this red this red stuff in it? And he's like, that's blood. You know, it's meat. And she's like, oh, I can't. I won't. I only buy meat that doesn't have blood in it. I guess she bought it from a, from a not a grocery store this time. She bought it from like a, a local like a butcher or something like that. Right. Well, it would be so, well, I get mine from anyway. the grocery store. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't have blood in it. Well, this ties right back into the uh the Georgia Guidestones keep humanity under 500 million. Well, how do you do that? You have to eliminate some food sources. Uh, Absolutely. And eliminate food sources is something that they've been talking about doing. I remember uh what was it, 28 2018, 2019 when Ocasio-Cortez was out there uh you know, advocating to get rid of you know, cow farms and stuff across the country uh, because, of course, cow farts, you know, um, as cows only green, fart when they're on a farm. Right. Just so, just so people know. Stated in the Green New Deal. And we should cut back on our intake on beef and, and other meats. Right. And the very next day after she was advocating for that, she was, you know, she spotted in a D.C. restaurant eating a big old hamburger. Uh, you know, it, it just goes back to this this mentality of these elites uh, who want to impose these type of regulation, these types of rules on the populace, but mm-hmm. they're not willing to give up any of these luxuries that they get to have. In fact, they are furious that middle class and everyday uh, individuals are able to access the same type of things they are. They, they're mad that we get to go to the beach like they do. They're mad that we get to go to ski resorts that they do. They're mad because we get to uh, partake in a lot of these areas where uh, before, you know, the rise of the United States, you know, this was almost impossible. You know, there was a definite class system. And if you were not of the wealthy elite, you did not get to participate in fun. Yeah, yeah that's I absolutely just, true. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I just wanted to, to add that they don't like that you can do the things that they can do because it doesn't show, it doesn't illustrate the second class citizenry. Like you're supposed to know your place and not try to go to the beach while there's a lockdown. You're supposed to know your place and allow us to go to the French laundry and you sit home and worry about your cans of beans. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that the the largest cricket farm was just finished. The largest installations, like a commercial, I guess it would be industrial, cricket farm to grow crickets as a source of food for you and I is just finished in Canada. And I think it was Ottawa, could have been Toronto. Um, Someone will know. I'm not surprised. They just they just finished it, the largest cricket farm. So what does that tell you? When they're shutting the, the truckers off, they're they're shutting the truckers out or turning them off of their jobs, telling them stay home. They're telling the farmers don't farm, dump whatever you have, don't even have and, a and job or, or be able to pr- provide for your family, give up your. It's land. like they're breaking the supply chain, but they're not intending to replace it. They're just going to later feed you a cricket. Yeah, yeah, interesting that, you know, uh, there's food processing plants all across the country and, and around the world that are burning down. But these uh, these bug farms seem to be thriving and being built, you know, day after day. 
Well, I'll tell you what, though. The thing about the, the farm thing is I, I love uh, turning to Snopes like this or for the food processing plant stuff because you'll get on Snopes and they'll say, here's the list of the 100 food processing plants that burnt down, and here's why it's bullshit uh, because two of them were not real out of 100. And it's like, okay, so you planted two stories that turned out not to be real. And then they're like, later on in the article, it's like, yeah, normal year. Like last year was actually higher than normal and it was 20. Uh, this year it's 100, but two of them were fake. So it's 98. So it's actually not happening. Like, well, that's and I don't the, care for the numbers. So I don't mean to cut you off. Um, no, go ahead. And sorry about that, Frank. We were both clicking that uh, we at the same time to highlight that comment. <laughs> that's why I kept flashing. No, I don't buy the numbers thing. Because even if you look and say, well, it's 20 last year and 100 this year, but man, climate change has a lot to do with those hatcheries all catching fire. Like you also, you, it's not just a random 20. It's the top number. So it's, it's not just a random 101 burning down. It's like the top biggest 100 in the, or, or maybe a, it's a random 100 out of the top thousand. Like these are the tip of the iceberg in volume. So it's not just that we're losing distribution centers for food. It's that the biggest ones in their industries are burning down. That Yeah, well, also, I mean, the baby formula thing is a perfect example of this because it's not a fire. The FDA said back in 2019, yeah, the FDA said back in 2019 that, uh, hey, we uh, your, your facility is not very clean, but uh, we're not going to come check you again until 2022. And then they check it again in 2022 when we're already experiencing supply chain shortages. They shut it down. And then we have this major baby formula for, uh, shortage. And the week after it opens back up, there's a flood. I live not that far from this place. There was like no, no, no flooding. So I don't know if they're trying to say a pipe burst. So we got like another Georgia scenario. <laughs> you know, maybe there's a bunch of ballots underneath a desk somewhere. But it's <laughs> EJ. I mean, honestly, as a as a, just a hypothetical and academic exercise, you and I are in Michigan. Would you would you put it past the people who are currently operating the state? to completely fake this and just simply shut it down to see how long they can hold Abbott out. You mean the people who faked a government governor assassination in Elk Rapids? Those I people? mean the people that campaigned to fix the damn roads and still right. have not done so. No, I was just saying, I was just agreeing with you. Like, yeah, the no, people no, who I'm, literally I'm, faked I'm a governor on. assassination would, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me is my point. The biggest FBI scandal in the last decade or 20 years or however long that the media does not want to touch uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Whitmer is Whitmer is literally worse than Cuomo, and she's somehow skated by because we're in the middle of the country. Uh, Kat, That's the truth of it. Kat says, it's not with a formula shortage. Women should breastfeed. And so should men, right? There was an article <laughs> that we were talking about <laughs> earlier today. Chest uh, feeding. Chest, chest feeding. feeding. You got to say it right. Well, yeah. No, no. The article was, why can't men breastfeed too? Yeah, men have breasts. Men yeah. have Did you breast notice cancer. I was told. <laughs> Did you notice at the end of the article, the article like basically says, well, some men actually can breastfeed. And then if you read the whole article by the end, it says, and sometimes that uh, colostrum or milk is actually from a tumor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, oh. But, they, but they also it's, like, it's not bad. actually milk. It's like pus. But they also said in that same article that you can't actually produce milk yourself as men. You have to ingest estrogen and some other um some other lactating uh, right. uh hormone in order to try to recreate some type of lactation however it comes with severe side effects because it's not milk <laughs> it's not healthy it's tumor juice it's disgust it's pus but you know whatever that's whatever willing to, to do that it already has severe problems right we're right. all we all agree with okay yeah <laughs> 
anybody who tries to chest feed their child, it, it literally, we should stop. We, I, I made this tweet earlier today, which is a, a thread of things that we need to stop saying, like uh, pro-choice. These are pro-abortion people, right? Like, or uh, gender-affirming care. It's literally, you're literally denying someone's, gen you're denying reality. You're not affirming anything. So with, with chest feeding, we have to stop calling it that because if someone's going to stick their toddler's uh, mouth around a man's nipple, we should just call it what it is. This is child abuse. You're, <laughs> it's it's creepy. It's pedophilic. Oh, it, it's going to lead to starvation. This is just child abuse. We shouldn't what, say what chest the, feeding. One of the lines in that uh, story was, uh, "Men want to learn how to bond with their kids more." Well, not through chest feeding, not through breastfeeding. <laughs> I could bond through. I, I was successfully able to bond through with my children through natural ways to father bonds with their children. I didn't need to. Yeah, how about a game of catch? Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, buy a game of catch. Mitt. No, but those same people, uh, Tom. Wrote an article, not not fatherly, but another uh, place uh, wrote an article. I can't believe, uh, I think it was a Washington Post had an op-ed uh, a couple months ago talking about how parents shouldn't play with their children. They don't want to play with you. <laughs> Man, that's too bad. You know, it awful. seems like the people that write and work <sighs> at the Washington Post, it seems as if those are the people who may be unhappy. The people who may be honest uh, in reporting that their kids do not want to play with them. That wouldn't entirely shock me. Like Taylor Lorenz does not have children, but if she did, it would not shock me to hear that her kids do not want to play with her. Um, other Washington Post reporters, I don't want to, you know, say that they're all garbage. We'll say that 90%, well, okay, 95% of them probably don't have children that like them or respect them or want to be around them. And, and for the most part, I mean, I'm not, I don't have kids yet. Uh, maybe someday if God is willing to bless me with four, please, three boys, <laughs> one girl. Um, but if, if, if that can ever happen, I would still think there's going to be a time where my kids don't think I'm cool either. That's the goal. You want your kids to not think you're too cool. Maybe think you're a little too strict and to one day want to maybe have your respect. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, Taylor Lorenz, by the way, I don't think she's ever going to have kids. I mean, she, what, she what is like she, 50? like 60 years old or something like that? Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I think these are joyless people at the Washington Post. It wasn't it the Washington Post that literally wrote this article about a teenage girl who got pregnant and how awful it was that she actually gave birth. And then if you read the article, uh, at one point they're like, oh, you know, it's awful because she used to hang out at uh, the, the local Wendy's and the skate park. And now she can't do that as much because she's got a kid. You know, isn't this just terrible and it's awful. And she goes on to say, you know what? I'm so glad that I kept this kid. I didn't know, know that I could love someone that much. So in this article, you think like if it was an honestly written article and it still came across the, a different way than they intended, you would think, oh, look it. If you shut down abortion facilities, uh, these girls will have kids and realize, you know what? There's something more to life than hanging out at the skate park with uh, Kyle, the douchebag who punches holes through my drywall. Uh, no, there's nothing better in life than hanging out at the skate park with Kyle monster. slamming monsters and then putting his fist through the drywall. That's what the Washington Post wants you to think. That's the life. That's what Taylor Lorenz did until three years ago when it became more prudent not to. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's so ridiculous. It's like if if you if you read the article article honestly, you'd be like, oh yeah, this this girl actually found out that she uh, loves her child and her life is not destroyed. But they still tried to make it a pro-abortion argument. It, it they couldn't get it across. If they allow their readers at the Washington Post to see outside themselves and to see that hey, it turns out that X number of women who were going to have an abortion may later not and be happy that they didn't. 
if they allow for that kind of personal growth and development within the reader, then they'll lose the ability to program the reader. They need that person to be willing to accept whatever the line is and to repeat it, which is why, I mean, the only people that read it sincerely and get anything out of it do exactly that. And then the people that don't are doing what we do, ripping up headlines and going, can you believe that they said this? And Taylor <laughs> right. Lorenz, for the last thing I'll say about her, whether she's 50 or 30, it doesn't really matter. I don't think she'll have children for the obvious reality that no one is that crazy to stick their dick in that crazy. You'd hope so. You'd hope so. <laughs> but, you know, it, it goes back to the the worldview that has been uh, pushed on to society for the last, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 years is that uh, you shouldn't have kids until you're financially stable. Um, and that, that might <clears throat> not happen to maybe you're 35 or 40, which leads to a lower birth rate. Uh, in the country, and that's something that we've seen across the planet, is a lower birth rate. We're, we're not hitting birth rate, a replacement birth rate um, anymore. There, we're having too many people die versus uh, people being born. Uh, you know, for you know myself and my wife, we started having children as soon as we got married. You know, I was 21 and she was 18, and we have three. We probably would have had a lot more if we would have continued, but our philosophy was it's that you're never going to be financially secure, have, you know, bringing a baby on unless you become like a millionaire or something. So, you know, why not experience the joy of having children uh, around you? Because they're obviously, uh, hopefully if you raise them, right, they'll be the ones that will be there for you as you age into your, you know, into our twilight years. Well, I think that this is a, it's, I mean, everything that they do is intentional, but like, this is what's leading to higher divorce rates. I believe this is what's leading to people who don't want, they don't don't actually want to be around their kids because by the time they get to the 35, right? Or whatever the the number you're supposed to be at to get married according to society now, right? That once the once you get there, you your wife, you have your own life. You you're, you're told you're supposed to build up your own financial wealth, you have your own things, and instead of getting married when you're young and poor and have nothing and build something together which actually strengthens a marriage and strengthens a bond and then you have you everything is your stuff, not my stuff and her stuff. Right. Instead, it becomes that. And then when you add kids in the mix, it's like, well, this is mine. This is what I built before. And you're screwing this up. I've got, you know, 15, 17, 18 years of after high school life living on my own and doing my own stuff. I have literally don't know how to be not an individual anymore. Uh, please state, take my kids and wife wants to share stuff. So get rid of her prenuptial agreement and all that. It's not it's not it's not leading to happy families. Everything that's being done is to d deter the nuclear family, including the lie that you have to be financially stable and well off and have your whole life put together before you get married and have kids. Because it was the same for me as you, Frank. I was 20. I was 21 or 22 when I got married and we had kids within a year of being married. Yeah, I think so, some I think, of our strongest memories as a, yeah. as a family is those times when we've struggled financially and we've had <clears> to grow closer together to get through some of the uh, more financial hard times where, you know, the children, you know, our kids understand, they appreciate and they uh, uh, value the things that we're able to get, you know, now uh, versus back when we didn't have anything or it was hard to come by. You know, it's, they get excited when you went to the grocery store and you bought them a, a snack maybe that they really wanted and they were very grateful for that versus, you know, if, you know, they have everything handed to them and given all this uh, uh, wealth, they don't worry about anything. They're truly not, you know you know, grateful or appreciative anything. And again, you suffered that, that family, uh, that family uh, bonds are a lot less.
One of the greatest memories I have from from the first year of my marriage was one of the first fights me and my wife got into, and we were broke. I mean, broke, broke. We got married. Like, I can't even tell you how broke. And uh, we got into, a, like, our first fight as a married couple, and I walked a mile down to the gas station because I didn't want to use gas. And I, I had, like, a dollar. Like, we were that broke, and I bought her a Reese's peanut butter cup and apologized to her because that was her favorite kid. It was, like, such a stupid memory. But, like, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, you're struggling together, and you're giving whatever little you have left to the other person that does that builds bonds. I think so. I don't know where I was going with that stupid story, but <laughs> great story. No, great story. Can and I say something to, really quick though? Cause we're talking to look forward to getting married this August. Then you're getting married in August. That's right. Oh, That's... Hey, congrats, man. Yes. Congratulations. Are yeah. we going to live stream to a uh, ceremony? <laughs> yeah, actually I was, uh, I was hoping that I'd have that stream set up. I was hoping that maybe you want to No, I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, so that'll be fun. All donation goes to uh, Tom's uh, honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, or how about just the wedding fund? Yeah, links in description below. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want to say, we, we did get a little off topic on one thing that I did want to say before we moved on to a different thing. Was, yeah, go ahead. Because I was ta- we were talking earlier about the Dutch farmer thing, and I feel like uh, sometimes I, I talk about things, assuming people know what I'm talking about. So we were kind of saying what was going on, but um, the reason I was saying it was effective, it was the point I was making earlier, um, compared to the American uh, trucker, th- it was a total joke. That's why nobody joined it. But like the, the Canadian one was effective. And the reason I'm saying the Netherlands one is effective is because they're actually protesting in a, in a similar way to Canada. They're blocking off whole streets with tractors. Um, they're, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to agree with everything, but they're lighting hay bales on fire on the sides of the roads. And my absolute favorite one, if you mind, if I show this uh, clip really quick, no, go ahead. is uh, they took a uh, manure spreader down to a government office and literally flooded the government office with manure. It's just, it's too good. I just love this. <laughs> uh, God, I don't know if it froze, but we, we, can you hear we, my audio or not? No, I don't hear. Is there music supposed to be playing or sound? I don't hear any sound coming from it. You yeah, so you can see the, the cars lining up and the tractors lining up. Uh, yeah, when you fire, hit the, yeah, hay bales yeah, on the you, side of the road on fire. <laughs> When you hit the share button, hit the uh, share audio too. There should be a little uh, option for that. So sometimes, so that oh yeah, and then pouring manure on the police cars. <laughs> we 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 totally did January six wrong. We should have brought the manure uh, flingers with us. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't hear you over the uh, the music. What were you saying? Oh, I was just stating that uh, when you do the uh, share, you can uh, on the share screen. There's a little button there when it pops up to share audio. Make sure you click oh, on that okay. so that way we can hear it too. Gotcha. My bad. Yeah, no, yeah. No big, no big. And I was just saying we did January six wrong. We should have brought the uh, manure spreader with us. Right, right. <laughs> did you see? There's another January six happening in uh, Sri Lanka today. Oh yeah, yeah. I did see that. Uh, do you have that story? You want to pull that up? I haven't even well, wait, looked are at we it. Calling, much yet. Are we calling it a January sixth if it's an actual insurrection? <laughs> no, 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 no. This this is nothing like January sixth. They actually did do an insurrection so you're right they were swimming in the presidential pool or something yeah i actually have the video of it if you guys want to see it i haven't i haven't looked much into this yet but yeah there they are wow this is what the grasshopper was talking about when he said the ants will realize there are more of them than there are of us yep yeah yeah huh wow look at that you know what though? I don't see one single guy in a in a Viking helmet, so I don't think it's a crime. No, no, I think you're right. 
<laughs> I think I think you have to have a guy in a buff a vegan in a buffalo helmet or a Viking helmet uh, for it to be a crime. So no gulag yeah. for these people. They actually did overthrow the president, though. Yeah, they did you see that he was uh, he was seen leaving with a with single two bag? Suitcases? Case. No, they were very big suitcases. <laughs> I guarantee you, they're uh, filled with cash. Yeah, fill, fill whatever you can in this bag. That's all you get. And speaking, can you imagine cash, that you go to the you go to the podium and you're like, um. Just want to make sure everyone's aware we're filing bankruptcy. Okay, thanks. And then just you you just gone. <laughs> it's like that Michael Scott uh, part of the episode of Office. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just you can't just say you're you're bankrupt. No, I didn't declaring say it. it doesn't do declared anything. It. <laughs> I declared it. Yeah, I declared it. No, um, they uh, yeah the dude left with like two suitcases. There were huge suitcases. I guarantee you there was a bunch of cash inside those suitcases. This country might have been bankrupt, but he isn't. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> All that foreign aid we sent uh, to the uh, to the embassies or to the State Department. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll hop on a U-boat and join Hitler in uh, Antarctica or something. Or Argentina. <laughs> which I, but depending on which conspiracy you believe, Argentina or, or well, Antarctica. Does, yeah, but it's just crazy to see that Putin is able to topple Sri Lanka like that. Like, how did Putin get away with it? <laughs> it, it was, well, it, maybe it's because we didn't send forty billion dollars to uh, Sri Lanka, uh, and that would have held uh, Putin at bay. Dude, yeah, we sent nice it to Ukraine, but we didn't send it to Sri Lanka. That's the problem. It's like it's like ninety billion at this point now. If you're there's another the, four hundred million home. today, wasn't there? Or forty million? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. They just keep, they just do another one every day, so people like think they they're seeing the same story from yesterday, and they don't realize that it's like no, it wasn't forty three billion and then four hundred million or whatever. It was like forty hundred four hundred million today and tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. And they're like, no, no, I just Lost saw count. an order. Biden's giving them one point five billion, and you're like, yep, yeah, that too. Add it up. <laughs> Add yeah. it up. Yeah, I saw that uh, Lizard Graham was over there with. Uh, uh, yeah. What's his name? The dude that lied about his service in Vietnam. That's a senator. Blumenthal. Blumenthal. Thank yeah, you. that's right. Yeah, they they made their pilgrimages to uh, Ukraine to go shake the hand of the uh, money launderer himself down there. So they are yeah. both literally and metaphorically the scaliest dudes next to Chuck Schumer in the Senate. Absolutely. <laughs> I gotta say, it's weird to me. It's like you know this war. You know the war is really, 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 really bad when every single video you've seen come out of the country is fake. And they have U2 concerts and Nancy Pelosi and Ben Stiller over there. That's how you know that this is a very serious war worth uh, $90 serious. billion dollars of American taxpayer funding. You know, I yeah, can't can you imagine it's like Night at the Museum number four is being <laughs> shot over there. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Putin's in it as a cameo. And they've got... A, it's unreal. Uh, I can't take the credit for Lizard Graham. That was coined by uh, Tom right there. I just use it from time to time. But I, I also like it. I'm going to borrow Liz that. Lizard Cheney is now also so just any of the you know anything that works. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's funny because you know it said for being so a super serious war, you know you didn't see all of these uh, individuals you know heading over to I don't know maybe Iraq during our Desert Storm. All these celebrities and all these uh, guys, unless it was a what was it USO show, but that you know held off in the country that wasn't being attacked in. <laughs> yeah, and then when Brian Williams went over there, he got his helicopter shot down. <laughs> <laughs> talking about more fake news no but you're right like when you did see footage from iraq or afghanistan of a reporter they would be like yeah um i'm behind this wall and these soldiers are like lobbing grenades at the insurgents over there and then when it's uh when it's uh ukraine it's like hey you know that thing of snake island where we literally showed you uh helicopter footage of an island 
somewhere in the world. And then we made up a bunch of audio. And you know that video game footage of uh, the ghost of Kiev and uh, all the pictures of cars knocked over, but none of the windows are broken. That's literally all we've seen. For, like, I, Have you guys seen more than I have? Because I haven't seen a lot of footage that hasn't been debunked. No, and yeah. if you go to Volunteers for Ukraine, the subreddit, because occasionally you got to go poke around and see what the, sure. uh, the AIDS brains are up to. Uh, the Volunteers for Ukraine subreddit, I think just it was like two or three days ago, still the, the top post of the day was a shirt that someone had made in their home. And it was like a like a silk screening of or, or a laser print of the image. And it just says Russian uh, Russian ship. Go fuck yourself. And it was just a guy standing and it was a fake image with a fake quote of a fake story that was debunked, I think, almost two months ago. It was debunked like the next day, I think. It was like quickly debunked. The Ghost of Kiev was like a little bit longer because some, uh, yeah, but it was all it was all debunked fairly quickly. So Snake Island is going to be sold as a movie. The Ghost of Kiev is going to be sold as like you know Top That's, Gun Russian. Say Top Gun. <laughs> the Ghost of Kiev will be in the, will be a character in the next Call of Duty. I guarantee it. Or Fortnite. I mean, it'd be a cool mission to yeah. play because then you find out that it's not real. Yeah. <laughs> and that you actually just like finally you shoot down your objective and you realize it's like one of your guys. Mm. Right. There we or go. Maybe, or maybe it'll be part of the Metal Gear. Uh, Metal Remember, Gears no Russian. <laughs> well, Metal Gear's Metal Gear's over now. They uh, Konami got rid of Kojima a few years ago. But uh, yeah. Never mind. That was a pretty awesome series. I'm a huge Metal Gear Solid fan. I've got a I got a big boss poster over here that's uh, like a 1984 and it says Big Boss is watching you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Now, you know what else is going on? Check this out. I, I had this. I was going to do a story on this, but I never got around to it. You know how uh, busy things can get sometimes when you're trying to cover news and you're like, there's not enough of me uh, to cover yeah. all this stuff, all this weirdness. Uh, but check this out. This is a uh, uh, this is over in Ohio. So, oh, wow. That's yeah. why it's so gay. This is what I grew up fearing <laughs> was the gay police. Apologies to, to people in Ohio. It's a joke. I'm your LGBTQIA plus liaison officer. And we're unveiling right now our Pride Cruiser for the month of June. Hey, I'm going to mute this music. It's gay. Anyway, so you see, <laughs> report hate crimes, pride, the pride, the, you know, the equal flag or whatever. Please report hate crimes. So. <laughs> well, I just Columbus. can't wait till they bust Columbus. someone's head through a plate glass Columbus. window for misgendering someone. <laughs> They are. They're going to roll up. They're going. Uh, it's going to be like you're getting swatted. <laughs> Can I just point out the fact that the bumper says "report hate crimes" as if hate crimes is an actual thing that police where, do. Where was it at? Deal with. Oh, right there. Like, what is a hate crime? It's whatever they want it to be. This one. This one's always annoyed me. Is like uh, the the idea of a hate crime because uh, apparently in some places you can get charged more for it being a hate crime. Like yeah, and opposed to you know a murder of love. Yeah, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to find a crime where you rob and murder have you, someone. Have you never heard of a uh, crime of passion? Yeah, like if uh, you come home and you see your wife on top of the mailman and you kill the mailman because he has a heat of the like, moment, crime of passion. Moment, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. You didn't hate him. You just that's right. You're just much. passionate about how you felt about him banging your wife. That's you, right. You guys yeah, are over right. in Michigan. Isn't uh, Ohio like a neighbor of you guys? It is. Yeah. <laughs> I listen. I'm not going to even claim that we went to war with Ohio. Not literally this, but Michigan went to war with Ohio, and we'll do it again. <laughs> don't make us come down there. I, I don't know. They got the gay police now, man. They they roll in well, with this. Is uh, my gay thought when I saw that? <laughs> I saw that photo of the cop car in June, and I'm like. It's not just they're not only arresting people who commit hate crimes like this isn't just like the special squad car that only goes out on gay assignments. 
This is just another <laughs> cop car that happens to be gay. So now hear me out. Can you imagine being just jaywalking? Just, you know, you're just George Floyd, just minding your own business, just living up standing citizen life. And then you get arrested and thrown in the back of not just a normal cop car in Columbus, which is already bad enough, but you've got to go through the system having ridden in that monstrosity. I would, probably, I would probably reach for the cop's gun at that point. That's and, what uh, I'm saying. Commit suicide by cop because you don't want to be arrested. If you go to prison after riding in that car. Yeah. Suicide by cop sounds preferable surgery. to riding in the back of the gay cruiser. I got to say, though, this sounds like the greatest, worst uh, reality TV show of all time. You can just imagine them driving around arresting gay gay Terry like over and over and over again. Now, he's, on his, uh, he's on his rollerblades. Just he just go out on gay crimes. He just, oh, rolls, he just rolls up on his rollerblades and throws his hands on the truck. On the truck. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know, does the officer driving What are you going to do with that uh, nightstick there, officer? I bet you're going to have to search me really thoroughly, huh? (laughs) If they're not gay, are they not? Wouldn't that, isn't that like appropriating culture or something? (laughs) Yeah. Frank, can you pull that back up? I'm pretty sure officer Lutz had a persuasion about him. I don't know if you can make that uh, full screen. He seemed as if he would be riding in that car one way or the other. Eventually. (laughs) Eventually. (laughs) You might be right. You might be right. If they they search his vehicle's computer, they're not going to like what they find. Uh, probably not yeah but i i would definitely yeah we're making a run for it but i get if i get lit up from behind by a uh <laughs> by a lit up from hang behind on, hang on <laughs> phrasing you get lit up from behind once and then again when uh when you got your hands on the hood i guess god he's doing a cavity search but he's also holding each of your wrists <laughs> <laughs> officer why are both your hands on my shoulders that's right why is there another one of you back there worst worst proctologist ever um but one of the best ENTs ever ever. yeah Yeah, somebody said it was uh missing the defund the police sticker on it (laughs) it really is yeah and he's missing the mask he doesn't have a mask hanging in his rear view no he didn't no mask and no uh, defund the police and well, he's what, only you only have to wear the mask when you drive. That's the only time I see people wearing them anymore. <laughs> I don't think I've seen a person except one one instance in the last three months of a person wearing a mask outside or in a in a business. But I've seen like 20 of them driving. So I'm I'm under the assumption now that these people literally only wear it in the car. But I don't know. I could be wrong. Frank Peter said all it needed was a disco ball. <laughs> It'd be two. It'd be two disco balls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> his fuzzy dice would be inappropriate. Let's just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Ohio needed anything else to to give Michiganders a reason to call them gay, but they they did. So they they did. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, on they, you, Ohio. That's not us. Hey, the next uh, Michigan Ohio State game is going to be pretty lit. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be lit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lit up from behind, as Frank said. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm just gonna never get that out of my mind. Is Frank saying if I ever get lit up from behind by that gay cop in the in the Pride car? Nobody clipped that. Nobody thrown clipped down that on the ass. I need to make. <laughs> I need to make that a, a button on my board. Uh, <laughs> Come on, man! Can you guys hear that when I use the sound yeah, clips? Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not running nah. through your. It's not running through your computer, but we can hear it on your mic. Oh, well, no, it should be coming through my soundboard, but I don't know. <laughs> Officer Klutz. Oh my goodness. That that's yeah. awesome. That was awesome. So uh, let me grab this story here. This is um, as you guys know, uh the uh the rightful winner 
of the uh, of the Georgia election back in 2018, Miss Stacy Field Gold Teeth Abrams here <laughs> <laughs> was out there talking about uh, Georgia Democrat Stacy Abrams. Limitless late term abortion is exactly part of my fate, and it's no, there's no um, no denying that uh, you know many of us have talked about it's it's part of their religion. It's a cult. Uh, they abortion is one of the highest tenets they have in the uh, on the left side of the uh, spectrum here. Child they, sacrifice. They, exactly. they got to do it somehow. If it's not on a pyramid over a fire, it's got to be somehow. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I used to th- I used to think that the the uh, abortionist child sacrifice argument was a little bit like uh, ridiculous, like not ridiculous. Like I was always against abortion, but I always thought it was like a little overstating it. And the oh, last years, I'm like, no, this actually literally is child sacrifice at this point. Like you're sacrificing your child for for your career, for your job, for uh, social justice. Like there's, li- there's literally women. I played a video, a TikTok video yesterday or two days ago of a woman saying, I'm about to go out and catch me a load just to have an abortion for funsies. All right. This uh, well, OK, now I'll be I'll be honest. We've all had that one weekend in college where we caught a load for funsies. <laughs> no, with no, abortion for funsies, though. Is, yeah. No, I know. I know. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was just yeah. teasing. So. But OK, so if if a, if a woman makes a sacrifice of having the abortion, because like you right. said, it's for her career or for her family or for her life or whatever. I don't I don't think it's even that big of a jump to say that it is also a form of I mean, you can call it witchcraft or you can call it a, a voodoo or ritual sacrifice. I mean, I think it's all kind of the same, whether you want to call it a tangible career or if some people believe that it gives them some kind of, you know, supernatural or another another dimensional power. I mean, there's demonology in this, too. Absolutely. There's Satanism in this, too. No, I was, I was actually agreeing with calling it child sacrifice. I was saying I didn't used to think that. And then as I've seen just how ritualistic and satanic and and uh like just to see how they reacted to uh, even women in california like the idea that some woman somewhere won't be able to have an abortion uh five minutes before the child is born uh i mean it absolutely is there's there's no doubt that this is a spiritual warfare and this is absolutely a demonic ritual of their religion and it's and and stacy abrams i mean you can play the clip but stacy abrams just they're saying it now that's the crazy part they're they're saying all the quiet parts out loud yeah when you were you were Here's saying you, you know, you used to not uh, think of it as being that, or maybe that would be over the top. And I, I, I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to be argumentative. I agree. I think it sounds like that on its face. Like that would be crazy to think that it's that. No. But if you, if you can look at it from the perspective of the people at the very top, do yeah. believe it's that they just have to sell it to the masses in some other way. They'll sell right. it to you from the Michelle Williams. They'll sell it to you from the people as, oh, it's my career. Oh, it's your freedom. But in reality, for the people above you, if you don't believe it or you do, Either way, they believe it's some kind of otherworldly thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, are we just going to ignore the the, uh, the uh, spirit cooking emails that we see between the <laughs> tops of our government? Uh, Hillary Clinton and uh, Marino Sacrificing Bramovich chickens and... to Moloch in the backyard. Yeah. Th- this woman right here, Stacey Abrams, A1, will never sacrifice a chicken. <laughs> well, <laughs> deep fried. So let's go ahead and take a listen to what she says here in their own words. So it's out there on record. And for me, the decision to be pro-choice is exactly part of my faith. I cannot strike down another person's rights simply because I don't agree. My shield is to say that you have the right to make your own choices. I say you protect the vulnerable and you wrap them in your love. And for me, the decision to be pro-choice is exactly part of my faith. Yeah. 
You're not pro-choice. You're pro-abortion. You literally said yeah. you don't. It's weird to me that, that that abortion is the only type of murder where we put choice of the murderer in it, it, as a as a justification of it. It's it's insane. I don't get that. Like it, no. the the idea that the Fourteenth Amendment gave us privacy to kill children is not only insane on its face, so much so that uh, RGB, the great <laughs> notorious RGB, said it was uh, wrongfully decided. Uh, but uh, shoot, what was I saying before? That uh, they, they call it choice, right? When when uh, I totally lost my point. I'm just off on. <laughs> go ahead and fill in for me. <laughs> no, but you're right. No, this is uh these these people like Stacey Abrams and the rest of these individuals going out there. You know, you just had Biden uh, signing an executive order trying to end round the Supreme Court's uh, decision on Roe v. Wade, um, and you know he's instructed the HHS to. Uh, facilitate women in states that, you know, have more rigorous uh, uh, roadblocks on abortion to transport them to other states that have abortion available to them. Yeah. Sick. I mean, who who's interested in finding new ways to do interstate and intrastate travel from the federal government to facilitate, you know, the, I guess it would be not just hundreds, but tens of thousands of American babies a month being slaughtered. Well, these are the same people who had suggested, if you guys remember, just uh, over a year ago, that if you didn't weren't vaccinated, you were, uh, they would try to restrict your interstate travel. So, for example, here in the state of Florida, they were going to try to limit our travel here in the state of Florida since we weren't pushing the vax as hard as other states and uh, limit our ability to be able to travel through uh, within the United States. I remember doing a couple stories about that where that was something they were thinking about or some uh, ideas that were floating around with Fauci and, and the HHS and, of course, the Biden regime to try to limit people's access to be able to travel abroad within the uh, – or, excuse me, travel within the United States because of your VAC status. So they got no problem with uh, privacy issues or mandating something. Uh, they just, you know, it's different when they do it, right? And that's typically the line that it goes with. Yeah, all their arguments are bad, Governor, by the way. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, all their arguments are really bad, by the way, because the only, like, now they're trying to say, when you bring up that point that you just brought up, that, uh, well, you say you're my body, my choice, which was the, the parroted line that the right used uh, when, when they were all pro-abortion, but, you, you know, you can't decide in a vaccine. And they're like, well, you, you're my body, my choice, but you don't believe in abortion. It's like, actually, our argument is the only one that makes sense, because... When we're talking about vaccine status, we're talking about we want to be able to decide for our bodies. We're completely logically consistent to say that child's body is not your body. The thing with its own fingerprints, its own DNA, its own heartbeat uh, is its own its own body, right? So the right is the only one who's consistent on this. They're not consistent. They say my body, my choice when it comes to child sacrifice. But as soon as uh, you don't want to get the, the experimental vaccine put in your veins uh, and get facial paralysis like Justin Bieber all of a sudden, they're not my body, my choice, and they don't they don't ever reconcile that point. It's also crazy that they'll say you not getting the vaccine is you not capitulating to something medical that might affect me. Like you not doing something could affect me versus the abortion argument is literally you're doing something that absolutely affects someone else being that mm -hmm. unborn child. And they have it reversed. They're saying, you know, the, the vaccine, you have to get it because of what could happen to me if you don't. And of the abortion, well, you have to be able to kill the baby because, of course, we don't think of the baby as another person, but because of what could happen to the mother if she doesn't have a, a free, hoary life. And I don't understand that. I don't I don't judge the people, but, I mean, I judge versus um, 
the biblical judge is what I'm saying. Yeah. But they also can... don't obviously don't believe in the vaccine, by the way. If they believed in it so damn much, they wouldn't be worried if you didn't have it. Correct. Uh, the, the, the argument went from the vaccine will stop you from getting COVID to the vaccine will make it that when you absolutely do get COVID because you will, uh, it won't be as bad for some reason. You won't and go to the no hospital. statistics to back this well, up. You won't get sick. Yeah. What, what's the line that everybody, anyone else. that everybody uses when they get uh, <clears throat> when they still get COVID after they got all the boosters? I think I'm thankfully I'm boosted against COVID or thankfully I got the booster. So thankful for, for my so vaccination or it would have been so much worse. I'm so happy I was boosted or I, it would have yep. been. Yep, absolutely. The same thing. It's it's the same refrain. And it's almost as if they can't admit, hey, this didn't work. Why? Why did it not work? I'm angry. They go, oh, no, it, it did work. This is it's working. It's just insane. The left, yeah. ha the left has more faith than, than people than Christians do. Like, seriously, like that's a faith that I don't have is like, yes, I did absolutely get the thing that uh, the shot was going to make me not get. And I'm sick as a dog, but it would have been so much well, like you have nothing to back that up. Yeah, for sure. Well, and they're yeah. anti-science if they're pro-faith in that regard, because the science would say you weren't sick three years ago with this. You are terribly sick now. The only thing that's changed is three doses of Pfizer. Yeah. So we have this uh, service woman here um, in the in the video we're about to watch here uh, talking about Roe v. Wade. And she uh, is talking about this and how her loyalty might not be to the United States anymore, even being a service member. And I can't see, I don't know if, whose army you said. That's, you, like, that's a sergeant. Sergeant. Okay. So sergeant in the U S army here and listen to what she says about this here, uh, about, you know, the Roe v. Wade thing. So let's take a listen. I have thoughts. I have thoughts and I have questions. And I here it she happened. Is. It happened. I woke up from a nap to this on deployment. I woke up from a nap to this news. America is waking up to this news. I just extended my contract to continue serving this country a week ago. How am I supposed to swear to support and defend the constitution and a country that treats its women like second-class citizens. It treats its babies like How am I supposed again. to do that? How am I supposed to do that with pride? You pause it. Yeah. How, how, how are you supposed to go through the ranks of the military sleeping with everyone and anyone you want with no repercussions or consequences that could result in a pregnancy without... I mean, she, that's what she's saying, right? She's saying, how can I do this without... My abortions. I can't. I can't sleep with everyone without them. I'll have to resign. Am the whole, I the whole video is her admitting she's a barracks bunny. It's the whole thing is her saying, "I can't imagine being <laughs> on deployment not sleeping with every single person in the barracks, and not having any consequence because of it." Right. Yeah, not having any her, consequences. I mean, she's telling you that this is like she's representing all women in the military, saying women like us all being treated this way, we're going to be had had we're gonna have had sex with but we're not gonna be able to kill the kid that you put in us that's kind of what she's saying mm -hmm. it absolutely is yeah uh yeah but i mean they, they literally don't have shame about this anymore like you've seen the arguments all over the place of them going this is gonna destroy hookup culture like i can't i, I didn't like i knew a Good. lot of these people were using abortion as, as yes. contraception Good. and they were being you know pretty openly slutty but it's like it's so weird to hear people say like i can't believe that i can't get drunk at a bar and take home some random stranger for two minutes of meaningless sex 
Uh, like, oh. who admits to that? It's so weird. It's so gross. I don't know. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So here she goes off finishing off this uh, little title. How am I supposed to do that with love and honor? How am I supposed to wake up every day and put on a freaking uniform that says United States Army when the United States doesn't even give a rat's ass about me? Because they own you because of your contract? About the guns they're allowed to buy that kill the children that I'm forced to give birth to. Think about that. Hold on, hold on. Can you you pause really quick? You mean the guns that are in our Constitution? The guns (laughs) that are in our Constitution, the... The abortion that's not in our constitution, which was the point of overturning Roe v. Wade. But it's just so it's like she's she thinks she's an individual. Like that's the thing. Like when you're in the military, you're constantly you are not an individual. And the the biggest insult, and, and I don't know if she's a sergeant, because this is a this is a stitch. So the first woman we saw was a sergeant, and she's not wearing her ranks. So I don't know what she is. But uh you'd think if she would had soldiers working underneath her, she would be like, use that line at some point, like you're not an individual. Yeah, but she's here going. Oh, I'm an individual. I should be able to sleep around, have no consequences. I can't believe I have to serve a contract that I signed. You literally, you literally are owned by the United States government when you're a soldier. Like that is the thing you have to accept. Uh, well, early I don't understand on. her. You made the choice. I mean, if she gets pregnant and and they, God forbid, they don't allow her to have her abortion, can't she just jump in line for the next booster? <laughs> <laughs> If she's still in, she has the boosters, though. That's the or, thing, too. So she doesn't have much to worry about. Or she could yeah, also why she, just, uh, she's not getting she, pregnant. Well, she could yeah. also uh, opt to be uh, transitioned as well. That that would be paid for in the army. So I mean, there's that as well, and that would take care of that issue. The sad thing <laughs> is, though, is like in another world, I'm sure she would be a very sweet person. Like I want to see the best in people. Uh, maybe that's like the, the the Christian perspective. But I want to look at this and say, like in another world, without the brainwashing, without the warped perspective and sense of self a a woman like this would have more pride and like she says love and honor in her job thinking that it's a positive that her employer doesn't want her to abort her unborn baby she would think that this is a positive if my my boss came to me and said hey we're going to give you more money if you do not have kids i'd be insulted and then i'd lie and say okay for how long and Mm -hmm. and for her to do it kind of the other way is saying well they're going to make it harder for me and make me have kids. She says she's going to be forced to be, you know, to give birth to the children. She's forced to give birth to, she says, unless they're holding her down and making her a baby farm. That's not what's happening, but the melodrama is certainly uh, nothing new in the military, I guess. Well, that's why I wanted you to pause it because I get so sick of this argument of forced. Like yeah. you're, you force actually is a word that means something. And to say that if you do nothing, and your biological, your biologically, your baby will be born if you just don't kill it. How is this for? Like, it doesn't actually make sense to call this force. You're saying you're not interrupting a natural biological process is force. It's a, right. it's and another to, and stupid. To be clear, argument. I just want to want to make sure ocean breathes salty. No, I'm not. I'm not saying I, I think the best of her now. I'm saying you know, in an alternate universe, I'm sure she would not be like this. People are genuinely not this. You know, backwards thinking that. Their, their love or their dignity or their honor or respect in their job should come from being able to, you know, self-mutilate, which is kind of what this is. I mean, if you think of your kids as part of yourself, uh, as these people clearly do, they say it's their body, their choice, then it, what is it? Self-mutilation? We shouldn't allow that. Yeah. Aaron says, uh, who's forcing her to have sex? 
Well, you want to talk about that though. Like this idea, I love, I love the fact that the, the women like this will absolutely tell you that uh, not having abortions is part of the patriarchy. They'll wear the stupid handmaid's tail outfits. They've never read the book. They've sure they've just read the, they've watched the shitty Hulu version of it. Right. But like, they'll tell you that this is all the patriarchy that wants you to have your kids. And it's like, isn't, if we're going to really have a conspiracy about the patriarchy, maybe it's uh, the fact that uh, all these horny men around you have convinced you to get an OnlyFans and to sleep with them uh, and kill your child so they can have no responsibility. Like that to me sounds more like something that a man would do or, or not a, not a man in a true sense, like in a Christian sense, but in like a, uh, a scoundrel kind of sense would do is to convince women that it's somehow freeing and somehow empowering to give your body away on the internet or yep. at a bar to a random stranger. It's that's, very that's the patriarchy. If you're going to talk very about it, I think like, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, some, yeah, some guys like, yeah, you know, you should do that. It's very Kyle esque. Yeah, it is very Kyle esque. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's finish. Let's it's not here. Chad at all. Not Chad not at all. Kyle Kyle conspiracy. Kyle. Okay, here we go. Oh, that's so funny. This effect on female service women is an unintended consequence, which means that lawmakers and, um, Supreme Court justices probably weren't thinking about this when they wrote their 213 some odd page report on it, right? They probably were not thinking about this consequence, but it is one. And it affects the very people that those lawmakers hold to a higher standard because they support the troops. Do you really though? You really support the troops, even though this is going to greatly lessen the retention of women in the ranks of this military. I see this as an absolute yeah, support yeah. the troops, even though you are going to ruin some women's careers. I'm deployed right now. You and I'm a medic, so I know how this works of like, I have an extremely limited access to birth control. Mil okay. Women in the military. <laughs> She's a deployed, just, which means she's not there with her husband, by the way. So that's she's what I'm again, admitting to being a barracks bunny. But, uh, so you're no. away. She thinks she's at away camp. Like she thinks she's at summer camp. Yep. She's like, um, I'm here to have as much unconventional and promiscuous sex as possible. And then to go home and then to claim I'm a hero. And yep. how dare you tell me that there's a blip in between there where I have to, you know, pick and choose. Either I'm, you know, one or the other. And it's just interesting that she says, um, maybe a couple seconds back, she's slapping her hands together and throwing them up and down like this. And I love it when someone gestures as they talk. Everyone loves a good gesture. Everyone loves a great gesture. But <laughs> when she's doing it this way out of like exasperation and, de and desperation, it makes me think that she doesn't even believe her own point. That she's trying to sell it almost to herself in her TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I think you're she's right. Gonna, she, what she's doing, well, you're right, though. She's on vacation. Like, let's just be honest about what this is. You can tell by the barracks that she's in that she's probably in some place like the UAE, the, one of the richest countries in the world, on some construction project because we're, she's definitely not in a war zone and something like that. And she's a medic, so she's looking at gout and foot sores uh, while, you know, for a few hours a day and then whoring around all night. Uh, in, no, PJ, in one of the richest she's a countries medic, in the Middle East. So she knows how this works. She knows yeah. that she can't so she get can, access to birth control. <laughs> Yeah, so she can come home and, and be a hero. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, right. No respect. Here we go. You know, it's, are it, more likely to, to She is in a war zone, but there's no Ben Stiller. No Ben Stiller. Be, you, would, you would know it's a war zone if Ben Stiller was there, yeah. And, and Zelensky was there. It was definitely a war zone. <laughs> in pregnancies, women, 
in the military are more likely to experience sexual assault. Where I'm at right now, you can't even get an ultrasound without traveling off base. You can't. It happened. It happened, ladies and gentlemen. And I signed that contract, so I will serve my country. But you bet your ass you're going to hear my voice because I will not stop, I will not rest, and I will not be silent because this is not an attack on reproductive rights. It is an attack on women in this country. One. Yeah, this is another reason why women shouldn't be in the military, by the way. <laughs> the fact that she thinks that a military base needs an ultrasound machine. Well, and even if it doesn't have one or should have one, let's talk about the sexism from her where she just said she won't be silent. She won't stop nagging. She won't stop bitching about the the vacuum because what she said, I mean, it's she said because she's a woman, that sounded insane to me. Yeah. Yeah. So she's going to go to her commanding officer and say, listen here, buddy. You she's know, like, you're going to hear, you're going to hear my voice because this is an all women's issue. It's like, did you just say that if it's a women's issue, you're going to become a nag? <laughs> um, I know nobody wants, no, like people don't want to hear this. I know a lot of people on the right don't like hearing this either, but like th there's, there's so many reasons. And this is just another one why women really actually shouldn't be in the military. First of all, I just, as a man, I don't think that uh, sending our women over to fight wars for us is uh chivalrous at all i think it's cowardly that we do this at all and then second of all like just having been in you've seen the shift over the last decade or so where we used to spend time uh you know <laughs> doing land navigation and firing weapons and practicing tactics instead it's all classes where they go hey if you have a drunk if you have drunken sex with a woman and she didn't like it the next day you will get court-martialed for a rape and you have that class about once a week and it's like five hours long and that is like 90% of your time in the military anymore. It's gotten so insane. And then, and then when they added the transgender stuff and they're like, oh, hey, you know how like when you go out in the field as, because I was in infantry, when you go out in the field and you're literally sleeping in your own uh, filth for like three weeks at a time in a hole that you dug yourself while it rains on you. Um, well, we also have to have, you know, special considerations for these people who are literally using a, a medical device to keep their gash between their legs open. And this is a conversation we actually had in the military about like showers and hygiene and all these things. It's like, we're over there to fight wars. We literally turn people down for having flat feet from getting the military. They will turn you down if you have migraines on a regular basis from, from serving. 1% of, of the country is even eligible like physically to be in the military, and yet we're going to continue to push all this stuff and change standards to accommodate people so they can go overseas and bitch and whine on TikTok. What is the well, proportion I, makes of me people... Mad. What's the proportion of people that are in the armed services who actually impale themselves with a dilator? Do we know? I have no idea. I, it's it. When I was in, they were gonna let them in, and then they didn't, and now they are. So I have no. I, it's probably so like that's another thing people, that you read. But, if you ever yeah. wanted to see some uh, <clears throat> some HIV online, if you go to the uh, it's Volunteers for Ukraine, I think is the subreddit where there's like any you know any uh, what is it post op care tips. I'm bringing my dilator to Kiev when I go. And it's like, oh my God, there's trans military members who are, I think PTSD, they come home after, you know, serving in the Middle East and then they've, they decide to transition. They go back to Kiev. It's insanity. Yeah. yeah. So shifting gears a little bit here, there's a huge story that happened on Friday yesterday. Can't believe it's, it feels like a week ago already, but Elon Musk uh, backs out, sends a letter to Twitter, terminating the $44 billion buyout bid. Uh, and Twitter is suing to enforce the deal. So, uh, honestly, who saw this coming? Did you see this coming, Tom or PJ? I, I thought didn't that. Think, 
Go ahead. I, I thought that he uh, would have an issue buying it for that offer. So, <clears throat> and I might have even said, I'm sure I said it somewhere. Um, he makes the offer, I think, to incite all of this, what's happening. The the, the initially uh, defensive position that Twitter took and then kind of the false openness that they tried to, you know, feign this oh, 0.5% spam and buy it for this high premium. And I think all he was intending to ever do was expose them. And I said this in April that with his offer, you're going to see all the forensic data and accounting come out for these accounts. And as someone who is a little bit aware of the ad revenue that Twitter has to generate, the spend that these companies put, I mean, the things like Brawny, the quicker picker upper, uh, Bounty, the the wipes that you'll see in competition with each other as you scroll through Twitter and these promotion uh, promoted ads. Uh, promoted tweets, they all spend a ton of money. Johnson and Johnson, Pfizer, they all spend tons of money on Twitter to promote their tweets and they spend based on the monetizable daily active users. That that number that we all kind of seem to see go back and forth in the, in the news. If it's 5% spam, if it's 20% spam, 50% spam, you can realize as well as anybody that may, that creates a huge shift in terms of what you're actually getting when you spend a million dollars a year advertising your Kleenex or your other Lysol products to all these moms who scroll after 10 o'clock in their coffee. So when they're spending a bunch of intelligent money on ads, and then now they're going to find out that the SEC has been covering for Twitter, lying about the number of fake people, it's going to be an unholy economic war with all these companies seeing Twitter as the bag man and the SEC having kind of been the one facilitating all the lying and fraud. Yeah. I think didn't the number today in that article say it was five uh, percent Twitter bots, is what they came the the conclusion that they're coming to, or is it, or is that just an estimate? Twitter had claimed it was only ever five percent, and when oh, Twitter okay, fills out said. their yeah, filings yeah. with the SEC, SEC asks because it's like, hey, the SEC could investigate Twitter for fraud at any moment, mm -hmm. and so they swear to the SEC, oh no. We're well above board for fraud. We only ever have at most 5% spam or fake accounts. If that itself isn't true and Twitter said so knowingly, that's a yeah. misfiling with the SEC. That's defrauding the government, not to mention all of the new civil cases that would come up with every single business that's ever paid Twitter to advertise. If you have ever bought a, a promoted tweet on Twitter and said, I want to get 500 impressions on this tweet, and I'm just throwing out a number and you pay a dollar for it, maybe that's not the case. Maybe it's a uh, 1,000 impressions or 50,000 impressions. You're actually maybe getting half of that or two-thirds of it, and the others are fake. Yeah, you would want a refund. And so right. Twitter is going to have to refund how much of its revenue over the past decade? Yeah, because here's their claim right here. Twitter representation that or represents that fewer than 5% of its uh, MDAU are false or spam accounts. Which, yeah, that's what they're claiming. Well, that's what they're claiming, but yeah, um, yeah. I read this letter, and his his attorneys said they have not given him the actual information. They've given him information that he said is basically concocted to show the only that five percent. Like they gave yeah. him a snapshot that's an artificial rendering of that five percent. Yeah, I mean, I think Elon's got a case there. I think, I mean, you're right. Like, there's a this could this could snowball into a whole lot of uh, suing. People suing each other because Twitter says they're going to sue Elon to make him keep the deal. Elon's going to counter sue, but that, uh, that, and that then opens them the... up to uh, discovery with a lawsuit pending. Right. Well, so watch and... this. Watch watch Elon return to the trough with Twitter, 
having seen their their shares plummet, right? Their stock price is going to drop. Mm-hmm. You're going to see all these people threaten the the site itself saying, well, if this doesn't get solved, I don't know how it's going to be viable. You're going to have the story and the narrative change to whether or not Twitter is viable will depend on whether or not Elon ends up holding the keys to it. And if he does, it's going to be for a significantly lower price than $44 billion, And it will come with undoing algorithms and bringing people back on and lifting spam and removing bots. And I think when all of that happens, if it happens, then it, you know Twitter is a, a saved space. And if it doesn't happen, then I think Elon takes his money to the next game in town. And also yeah. Twitter will end up uh, losing a billion dollars. No, well, Elon. So, well, I mean, they're going to oh, lose. Elon. Yeah, that's right. Elon. Elon. Well, uh, the, well the, no, 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 he, no, no, he doesn't. He no, doesn't he lose a billion dollars if they broke their terms. See, right. part of their merger yeah. agreement is that it was like, you know, section 1.03 says we have not ever uh, told a lie in the first quarter of 2022 to the SEC. And then it's, you know, point or 1.13, you know, so he's got these outlined, you know, points where they can prove theoretically, because that's what the letter says from the attorneys. They have proof that Twitter did give misrepresentative states to uh, statements to the SEC that they did so knowingly. And that because of that, Twitter violated it, not Elon. Now, Elon's not walking away from the deal like the headlines want you to to hear. It's Elon now seeing that the deal has been broken by Twitter. And so he's now off the hook. He does not have to do anything, but he could come back and rebroach the conversation and say, hey, how about 20 billion? Yeah, Elon would be a a, chump to take the deal without trying to negotiate a lower price at this point. A billion dollars a hit on Twitter is a massive hit on Twitter. Yeah, well, Well, I mean, imagine it's like a it's like a mail order bride, and she shows up, but it's a it's like a lady boy, and you're like, well, do I do I still keep? No, it's like no, that's a guy. That's that's a man, baby. Like so, that's you're not going to keep. Elon just made an offer for a really great company. He thought, turns out, it's if anything, a, a DARPA owned, you know, intelligence and narrative operation. And now he goes, oh, well, there, now I've exposed that. We'll see how the advertisers appreciate that now being common knowledge. And he can walk away and give his money to Rumble and to Truth Social. That would be a, that would be a great alternative. I, I, like, I've had my reservations about Elon, though, like as far as uh, like my, one of my biggest problems in this is like I've wanted him to go through this deal or to buy it or whatever because I want to see it become a free speech platform, hopefully, you know. But um, I feel like there's this overcorrection or not – over enthusiasm that comes from people as soon as on the right, as soon as someone agrees with them. So we saw this with uh, Tulsi Gabbard. We even saw this with John Stewart and even John Stewart. Now you see him coming out about all this Roe v. Wade stuff. But as soon as he said something about COVID people on the right wanted to accept him. people on the right literally invited Tulsi Gabbard to CPAC. Yeah. And you know, it's like, I want to see this fight, but I'm like, my biggest concern in this whole thing has just been like this uh, Elon for president type stuff. You see coming from people on the right, you know, um, but as far as the thing goes, like people are going to start suing um, Twitter if they ba- if they don't. There's companies that are uh, stockholders that are going to start suing Twitter as well if this thing falls through because of the way that they handled this. So I think Vijaya it's Gotti is in the hot seat so bad right now. You would not want to be her. You would not want to be Jack right. Dorsey. You would not want to be any of these people who had right. liability while these things were happening. And some of right. these people, you know, swore testimony before Congress that these things weren't happening, that algorithms weren't being manipulated. That ads weren't being sold, you know, uh, misrepresentatively, if that's a word. Um, they've sworn up and down things that are clearly now going to be misproven or disproven or outright. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be, what did Trump say about January 6th? It's going to get wild. It's going to get wild over at Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
no. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how this moves forward. But, well, Truth Social, they uh, they just had their record subpoenaed by the Southern District of New York as they continued their witch hunt over there. On, Are you uh, guys on Truth Social, by the way? I, actually, yep. I am. Yeah. What do you guys think of it? Uh... I think it runs really cleanly now. I'd like to see more people on it. Uh, The only thing that I don't like for it is just that, like, I guess it's still really small um, in terms of the grand scheme. So, like, our bubbles exist on it, but there isn't more to grab from to bring in and and continue to grow it. Uh, Like, personally, I've been been hesitant to be on something like Truth Social. I really liked, uh, what was that other one? Uh, Parlor? Parlor. I really liked Parlor for a while there. Uh, but then, obviously, that was shut down by you know a, a conglomeration of Google and uh, Apple and What's the other uh, one? Amazon. Um, the other one so, they always Getter. Getter. I've never just been on really Getter. quickly like, while we're talking about Parlor. Did you guys watch the Two Thousand Mules documentary? Absolutely. Yeah. No. So when they're talking about how the the FBI was likely watching certain people with certain phones before the January sixth day because they already knew how to find them and where to go get them. Right. that they were probably tracking them beforehand. That made me think, oh, shoot, I just lost my train of thought. That they might have been on Parler. Is that where you're going well, with this? Oh, there it is. Yeah, you know how Parler folded? Thank you. Good Lord, you just saved that. Mm-hmm. Parler folded so quickly that it was like on January 6th, they were like, pants down, hands up. Hey, FBI, what do you want to know? I'll give you all <laughs> the data from every yeah. user, everyone who's ever been verified, everyone who's ever paid money because – at a certain point, you could like buy the parlor badge or you could have a regular parlor verification with your ID. So mm-hmm. they had people taking photos of their ID and saying, I've been banned on Twitter. I'm going to the January 6th and they're posting it on parlor. And the FBI is just sitting back going, OK, collect, collect, collect. And it right. wouldn't surprise me to hear that parlor was maybe kind of a honeypot operation to begin with. It wouldn't surprise me either because well, there was a lot of uh, controversy around the people that owned parlor after that. I don't remember all of it right now because it's kind of so many things going on but yeah no like mike my point i was gonna make earlier though is like i am worth like my thing with truth social and you kind of nailed it a little bit there was like the reason i like twitter isn't just because i can obviously i can't say what i want to say i'm freaking i got suspended there this week i I can you can run the things that show how blocked you are from getting a reach out there and stuff like that but it's uh the idea that you can actually see what the other side is saying and refute it and have uh you know what i mean like so like I'm not, I've never really been the kind of person that just wants to be in an echo chamber. Like as much as I don't, I never am going to agree with their ideas. I want to be able to refute them face to face. Um, and I'm worried about uh, stuff that's just like, you get on a platform and it's like, it, it, I don't know if it should be the fun would be gone for me, but. Yeah. And Twitter's full of bait. Like it's a great hunting right. ground for that. Yeah, stuff. Exactly so if you're it. out on, if you're looking for, le- you know, silly lefties making bad points and stupid arguments on mm-hmm. bad headlines, that's the place to find it. It's right. not on Gab because people on Gab are either sending, you know, Facebook memes or intelligent red meat over and posts. over again. Yeah, right. Or yeah, or it's the same thing. And and so yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I, why you, I would you could post on I, Truth Social like the Second Amendment is a fundamental uh, constitutional right, and people like it, and it's like cool. But like, what did you do? You know, it's like we're all just kind of circle jerking each other at that point. Is how it feels like to me. You know? Yeah. Until are you on Truth a- Social? I'm not. That's why I was curious what you guys thought of it. I, I might get on. I don't know. I just I don't see the left leaving their echo chamber. Like that's why, like for me, I would rather infiltrate their stuff, even though it's a challenge, than retreat and just kind of be like, yeah, we all we're all cool with each other. You know what I mean? My my argument for this would be create an account on all of them, yeah, including Truth Social, because that boosts the number there too. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I saw something funny the other day. Gavin Newsom, Governor Gavin Newsom in California on yep. Truth Social, actively posting on Truth Social because Good. he knows there are people in California and he wants to you know, get that reach. So the left is not above going to these you know, tertiary and secondary platforms if they know that there's people there. We shouldn't be above it either. Uh, not that not that you are saying that, but no, I wasn't listening saying to that. This I was just worried about Truth Social for other reasons as well. Whereas, like I said, I liked Parlor at first. Um, but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I, I think you're right. Post- you have to be everywhere. Like to be a conservative on the internet now, you have to be everywhere. You have to be on Rumble. You have to have backups. You have to have Odyssey. You have to have all that stuff because eventually, you know, you have to try to build an audience that will follow you places. It's the only Here way to is. do things. Speaking of parlor and honey traps and stuff like this, did you guys see this posted by the FBI recently? Uh, it's over here on their Twitter. Are you account. talking about their child tracking app? Yeah, yeah. I talked about this the other night. Yeah, this is from the official FBI account over on Twitter. It says the FBI child ID app, the first mobile application created by the bureau, provides a convenient place to electronically store photos and other vital information about your child, so that it is literally right at the hand if you need it. Learn more at this website. It's funny that that DARPA doesn't have to create life force or whatever the fake Facebook thing was before they call it Facebook uh, in order to just like literally put their name on stuff now. Like, hey, by the way, uh, let's let's why don't you upload pictures of your kid with your home address and uh, all the information of like when your kid goes to school and when they're by themselves and all that stuff to this you know, FBI tracking app because we've never covered for things like, I don't know, the CIA sex trafficking ring in the 1980s called the finders. And, you know, we were definitely never involved in, uh, you know, protecting Hillary Clinton or Jeffrey Epstein or things like that. So it, there's it no have- danger here of giving the FBI a bunch of information, like it, pictures how- of your kids that you would have on your phone to give to uh, authorities anyway. Yeah. Let's give them a whole database of uh, kids that they can groom to become uh, lone wolf shooters, right? Right. <laughs> or, or, yeah. or just Nothing make it even more simple here. than that. You ask every paranoid parent who thinks that their kid might get kidnapped or parents who know that their kid's kind of up to no good and running around town and you put all the information in the law enforcement's hands right there. It's They say they're not keeping it unless you want to send it to them. Like that's that's the funniest thing about this other than it being the FBI's first ever app. Because if you yeah. ask me, and this is what I said in my video I made on this, if you asked me, the FBI is going to release their first ever app. What's it going to be on? I would think it would be on reporting your neighbor for domestic terrorism or domestic something. If you think that your neighbor is up to no good with that red, white, and blue paint in the garage, you know, painting a sign, God forbid, then maybe you should report them to the FBI. I thought that would be it. And instead it's the FBI asking a mother, um, you know, do you leave your kid home way too often unattended? Do you let your kid wander the mall at the age of nine unaccompanied? Then put their, their face in this app so that we know how to find them and we can show up and say, Hey, your mom sent me this photo of you. It's your uncle Jesse. Remember me? You got to come with me. There's been an emergency. And then all of a sudden your kid is missing and they can check them off the list. That's actually (laughs) a point that I didn't even think of though, is like the people who are going to use this app are the type of moms who are not paying any attention to their kids in the first place, because no, no, like if you actually care about your kids, you know where they're at, you don't need an FBI tracking app, right? It's, Oh, well, I've got to be at work for nine hours uh, a day and my kids at school for four uh, you know, cause they're this, preschool or whatever. So I've got to make sure that, uh, somebody is, you know, knows that this thing got uh, ratioed creepy. by the way on, on the website. I'm sure it did. <laughs> yeah. Nothing, nothing creepy there. No, no, no one could ever see anything weird coming from. <laughs> could, could you find my son, Ray? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the FBI has done nothing but show us how uh, trustworthy they are in the last decade, you know? Wait, wait scroll up a second. Frank, you missed uh, there from Christina. She says there's a lot wrong with this, most of which people have already pointed out. But my question is, why does the FBI use iOS from 10 years ago? And if you look at the image, it's absolutely like just the worst. Oh, oh my God. God. I didn't even notice that. Oh, goodness. Wow. Yeah, no, there's there's Well, have you ever been on a government computer? It's pretty bad. That's my I'm sure I'm in a government computer. (laughs) Well, I'm sure we all are, but if you've ever used one, it's like, really? Really? Like military intelligence is an oxymoron when you use a military computer. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, here we go. Just uploaded pictures from Hunter's laptop to the FBI's new app. Can we talk about this story with yeah, Hunter it's, and it's Jill the photo Biden, of by Hunter, the way? It's the photo of Hunter and all the... It's the photo of Hunter and Natalie, and it's the photo of Joe and all the kids, but you just cropped those guys out, so it's just the, the children from those pictures uploaded to the FBI. Looks like your children are lost. Uh, you might want to round them up. <laughs> the Lord. Patriot front there. <laughs> yeah, the app didn't work. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's awesome. Oh, this thing's a meme uh, gold mine in here. Yeah. <laughs> Say the line, news media, subject was known to the FBI. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We, the, the FBI, every time there's a mass shooter, right? They've known about this guy for months. They've had multiple calls. Remember Parkland? It was like, yeah, we went to his house 50 times, and he <laughs> did post on the internet that he was going to shoot up Parkland school, you know, like, a month before he did it. And we did know about that. The FBI had all of this and it still happens. And you're like, so like in best case scenario, if you don't think the FBI is into the child trafficking thing, uh, first of all, you're wrong. But second of all, like if you don't think that, um, then (laughs) your, your best conclusion of the FBI is that they're ineffective. Yeah. Well, are you saying they asked Nicholas Cruz if he was up to no good and he just said no. No. And they were like, (laughs) okay, fine, fine. Cool. Cool. Yeah, they want to push red flag laws. He said no. He said he's perfectly okay. Uh, Did you say you had a story about Hunter Biden? Yeah. Well, you just brought up Hunter Hunter Biden, and I was want to know if you guys. Let me see if I got it here somewhere. Uh, Yeah, from Breitbart. So uh, let me pull this on screen for you guys. Is this Uh, him in the float tank? About which one? He was. He was in a detox float tank, smoking crack and drinking a white claw. That yeah. one is good, but no, I wanted to I wanted to bring up this story. Hunter Biden uh, in a text message said that Jill Biden is a selfish, silly, entitled you know what uh, there. C word. Uh, <laughs> see you next Tuesday. <laughs> I just thought this was hilarious because I, I was like, is this the first time I've ever agreed with Hunter Biden on anything? <laughs> <laughs> and he basically goes on to make fun of the fact that she calls herself a doctor and how she couldn't uh let me see. Oh, no, uh, the drunkest this is really this is a quote from Hunter. The drunkest I've ever been is still smarter than you could ever have comprehended a uh, shit grant that that ever his I'm sorry, his texts are really bad because he's drunk. Uh, the drunkest I've ever been is still smarter than you could ever even comprehend. And you're a shit grammar teacher that wouldn't survive one class in an Ivy graduate program. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hunter is the smartest guy that Joe knows. So, I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah. What does that you mean? If Joe, if Joe thinks believe. Hunter's the smartest guy, and Hunter thinks that of Joe's wife, what's the circular? Uh, what's the transitive property tell you there? The sad thing is, I actually believe Joe Biden when he says that Hunter's the smartest guy he knows, and that doesn't say anything about Hunter Biden. It says a lot about the people surrounding Joe Biden. I mean, you've heard Kamala Harris speak, right? 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time she does a speech, it's like she or never read a book, and she has a uh, ten minutes to prep before the, she has to do an oral report on a book report. <laughs> or yeah, uh, I shouldn't say speak. I should say attempt to attempt to emulate human speech. It's pretty bad. What was, was the most super... recent one? She just said like the word "amazing" a thousand. Like she does the same thing over and over. She'll like stick on one word. And just say that word in every sentence, even like it's like asking a leftist what a woman is. And they're just like, a woman is a woman is a woman. It's like the circular logic to just be like, oh, yeah, we, we believe in diversity because diversity is very diverse and uh, it diversifies things for diversity. Like that's her or like or like how Kamala, when asked about the shooting, she'll be like, you know, we now have to take gun violence very seriously because we were forced to take it seriously because you guys have taken it seriously and so now we're taking it seriously because this is serious seriously i think that's the, the one i was thinking of but yeah it's the, that's how she speaks so when he says <laughs> yeah, Hunter's I, I did, the smartest I did guy, ask, i'm like he probably's right uh, now i know it's a terrible thing to refer to dr jill biden as what uh her stepson just referred to her, her as um but it's still not the worst thing uh, that a biden has called her joe has referred to jill <laughs> not just as his sister but he also mistakenly referred to her as uh, and it must have been something from the Senate. Maybe he was friends with Romney because he kept referring to her as his old mitt. <laughs> old mitt. That's disgusting. Oh, my God. <laughs> Didn't he also call her Joe Biden's husband? Yeah. Or did he call himself and Joe Biden's and husband? And I'm, Jill, and I'm Jill Biden's husband. <laughs> Yeah, it was something like that. It was so bad. So I'm worried over here, guys, over in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, me too. Of course, too. we know uh, Dr. Oz won the primary in the Republican uh, primary there in, for the Senate for uh, Pennsylvania. And no, he's this is like, a good thing. This is a good thing. This is a good thing? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Why, why, why okay. do you think well, so? I'm let, curious. Let me voice my concern first. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, lay into it, Frank. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Dr. Oz has, like, disappeared off of the uh, – off of the stage in Pennsylvania. I don't know why he's disappeared, but, and not only that, but he's also been doing a lot of his promotional stuff from his home in New Jersey, which I don't think resonates with a lot with Pennsylvanians. Uh, you know, I'm not from Pennsylvania. I can't speak for Pennsylvanians, but that's how I would feel if I had a Senator running for the Senate in Florida and they were filming in Georgia because they lived in Georgia. Um, were they I, filming I, with the backdrop of the, the black backdrop between Stacey Abrams teeth? <laughs> no, I. Yeah. <laughs> but but Got him. I I don't know. I just think he's a. Uh, I don't I don't know what. Okay, reassure me then, uh, and tell me why I shouldn't be worried. Oh well, I mean, you can absolutely be worried, but I think it's a good thing uh, that we have Doctor Oz in that position, and and I say that because when you look at the people who he was running against. And, and you can look at the numbers, the, the numbers you can say do lie or don't lie because you can either trust the polls or not. But when you when you look at the actual people polled and the people who represent themselves when they vote, whether it's a Twitter poll or Facebook or what have you, the numbers of people that will come out for Dr. Oz are much higher than for Kathy or for okay. anyone else. Right. Um, mm. And so when you look at the, the local race where it's everyone's everyone who's paying attention to that race was a Republican. And they're looking at, you know, Oz or the other guy that somehow was maybe in a neck and neck race, even though no one knew who he was. I think that was kind of the, the fraud candidate or Kathy <clears throat> uh, Barnett. And I, in short, I think it's this. When you look across the state in November, when it's no longer Republican versus Republican versus Republican, and you're trying to fix, you know, find which one's the, the MAGA candidate, which one's the America first candidate. Now it will be 
the Republican versus the Democrat, the only one who's going to win that race in Pennsylvania <gasps> is Oz. Anyone else won't draw the number to overcome the steal. In Pennsylvania, they're going to have a, uh, a fraud, a historical fraud, election fraud network set up, just like Joe Biden says they will. And in Pennsylvania, <clears throat> especially, the only way to right. overcome those numbers of fraud is to drive out every single middle class, you know, every single person. And I think Trump was wise to pick the guy who has the name recognition. He's on TV. Dr. Oz can be another celebrity that people can say, oh, I know him. I'll, I recognize that name. I'll vote for him. And you're going to get a lot of people who are the low information voters who don't even know who go in and go, Dr. Oz, I'll vote for him. Do you, I guess the question then becomes, do you think uh, a Democrat is more harmful than a rhino? I, and I, I would probably agree with you that it's better to have someone like him, but it is it is the question. Like Because there are, I think, people like Dan Crenshaw that come in and, they, and people think that they're this wonderful conservative person and they're out there in background deal, uh, backroom dealing for red flag laws, you know? So it, it, like it worries me because, specifically because I remember being, uh, you know, growing up in a conservative family young, and uh, being raised by people who thought Bush was conservative, thought Bush was a, a wonderful president, you know? So mm -hmm. you get stuff like... Uh, oh, I still think so. <laughs> yeah, but you get stuff like, um, what am I trying to think of? That big program, the spying program he put through. The Patriot, Patriot Act. Act. You get stuff like the Patriot Act because people are so agreement. divided. People are so divided that when a Republican pushes something, the low information voter is going to go, well, I know that I believe that I don't want this crazy gender ideology pro-abortion bullshit. So the guy on my side, he must be putting forward good policy. And then you get stuff like the Patriot Act. Like, that's my concern. It, it, when it comes to Senate, I think it's a better argument that you want a rhino in there than a Democrat because they kind of have to, on some issues, vote party line, you know, or you're more likely to. But, know, yeah. Well, let me ask this. Do you guys trust Ted Cruz? Not, not particularly. More, yeah. more than some people, but not particularly. Well, no. yeah. so here, I mean, you trust his, his son. Trump. He's also a rhino. He's also yeah. a never Trumper until he had to click his heels and get right. in line. So I would rather have Doctor Oz, where you can rely on him more than you can't, or at least that you know when you won't be able to. If he's sure. going to fold, let him fold. But let that person who wins the election be a Republican, because, like I said, in that's a six-year term. Yeah, that means that 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 in future elections. That's a Republican seat being held right. and you're getting people to return to the poll to elect another Republican that does affect polling in the future. It does affect 2024. So when that other seat then pops in Pennsylvania, um, I mean, there's it's it's an interesting thing to see. Um, so you're thinking but, well, it also here. affects the Senate majority leader. So like in that, I would definitely agree with you. So it doesn't matter if if uh, if homie gets in. And says immediately first day, I'm Rhino. I snuck in. I, I'm I, doesn't matter because, right. like you said, we have the majority with the party, and so you can lose one seat, but win however many down ballot elections. And again, if Oz drives out the numbers, then every single person who goes to vote for Oz is maybe more likely to vote for all the other Republican candidates that they didn't know about. And I mean, we know that that's statistically true. The down ballot yeah. votes are down affected ballot. by uh, high profile names atop. Well, also, like, if you're going to get a Democrat vote on a bill, right, at least if you have someone like Dr. Oz in there and you have enough, you know, like, if you have enough Republicans that get in there, you get the Senate majority, right? At least you have that. Like, if, if he, either way, he's going to be a Democrat. He's going to vote Democrat. If, if Dr. Oz is going to vote Democrat, because I think he is one, at least it's helping, like, your alternative is having an actual Democrat and then having a Democrat Senate majority or Senate majority leader. So I, I get your 
argument from that way. We haven't seen Dr. Oz be a politician, just like we hadn't seen Donald Trump be a politician. True. And there had a lot. There were a lot of people who said there's no way he's ever going to do any of the things that he's promising uh, he if he's ever elected. And then he did. True. So I'm not going to compare the two or say that you should expect the same from Oz. I'm simply saying you don't know. I don't know. Um, but it would be better, I'm sure, to have the guy running as a Republican win than the person running as a Democrat. It's better to even, I mean, shoot, I'd say the, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. And Oz is a known devil to Trump. Trump picked him. And so we ought to trust that first and foremost. And if you can't trust that, then, I mean, I don't know. It's like you're flying blind entirely because anything Trump says, you would say, well, I don't know if I can trust it. That's a, that's a dangerous world to live in. I think you make a good point because I wouldn't have seen it uh, quite that way before. Like, I, I still, you're you're right about Trump. Like, I think with Trump, the difference was that I think you could see, at least publicly, some of his uh, leanings going more Republican. Like, specific, specifically, I'm talking about like gun rights and stuff like that. Like, his sons woke him up to that type of stuff, and he was a little bit more uh, that way. But yeah, like, my my problem with Doctor Oz just wasn't that long ago that he was pushing the transgender stuff. Well, and frankly, I mean, look, Dr. Oz had a TV show on a major network. Sure. Don Donald Trump was running a major TV show on a major network with The Apprentice. There are a lot of comparisons that you can draw to them. And sure. I can look at some Apprentice episodes and say, what in the world? This isn't anything conservative. This isn't anything good. There were some mm -hmm. things that they featured on that show that I thought were at best questionable for primetime TV. Sure. And it's I mean, Donald Trump has said and done some things that are questionable for you know, they, shoot, we don't have to go over the fact that they argued over and over that he was not presidential. And so Dr. Oz having a TV show where as a doctor, he has to talk about transgender kids. Yes, he probably should have come out more against it as a medical doctor. But shoot, I mean, I think even having it on the TV probably got a lot of parents who've never heard of it to see it and go, what the fuck? Right. To some yeah. extent, that is helpful. Like Tim Pool doesn't have to take the same side as I do on every issue. But if he's making people talk about it, that's a help. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I don't, I don't agree with Tim Pool's takes on a lot of stuff, but I think that he does a good job as far as like I actually, I actually appreciate his commentary because of the stuff that he puts out there and the guests that he has on and stuff like that. That's why I'm not as hardline as some people. Is like, if I don't entirely agree with this person, I, I, you know, I'm totally against them. Like, I'm, I actually, I actually think Tim Pool does add something to it, whether I agree with him or not. So, yeah, I, I like what he's doing. I think if you want to see yourself as a good conservative, you have to uh, believe in the ability for there to exist a good liberal like there has to be right. the opposite you know fung to your shui or ying to your yang right. if you want to get eastern with it but right. if, if you're if you're a good conservative you're like you know i'm a little bit further to the right than the middle here and i can justify this here then i should be able to in theory seeing outside myself justify someone existing on the opposite end but to right. the same kind of moderate level and if that's if that's tim then great so long as we can coexist fine the problem is the further you go along that left turn uh left turn leftist spectrum the further you get away from allowing for there to be a coexistence or a tolerance of another well i think conservatives and liberals can coexist in a country we can't coexist with communists so like that's where i come down on this is like yes i would actually like to in some way have people like tim pool who i'm not going to agree with on most things uh vote the way that i want to move the country further to the right and then we can bicker amongst ourselves once we've kicked these marxist uh insane communists out of the country like that's where I come down is like at, at, in some point I would actually like to be the entire opposite of Tim pool. Not because that is the furthest left. The spectrum goes like that would be an ideal world for me. Yeah, now, I agree. 
Now, real quick, as we're uh, wrapping up our last segment here uh, before we go off the air at nine, a lot of uh, been made out, you know, Trump versus uh, DeSantis in a primary and others have suggested DeSantis be Trump's running mate. I suggest that uh, DeSantis not be a running mate. I suggest that DeSantis continues to stay here in, in Florida. Uh, however, there's a lot of people out there on the DeSantis train right now. What what do you guys think about that? You take this first, Tom. I'll let you go. <laughs> uh, my initial thought is that DeSantis is young. And it, nothing that I'll say is going to be new uh, that anyone's listening to. Uh, DeSantis is young. He's in his 40s. He's got a lot of time left in his political clock. And I know some people have said, well, his his pressure is now. Is his, uh, his iron is hottest now. He should strike now. I think so long as Trump is still around and ready to run, it seems as though he is. He's got a plan. He's campaigning. He's rallying. He's done all but announced the run for 2024. I think DeSantis would be wise and that the country would be better served for Ron to wait till 2028 to have Donald Trump run again in 2024 and pick someone who's a, a lesser person, maybe of an older age, uh, someone who's not considered a threat to Trump, but is considered MAGA. And I would pick, if it were me, Rand Paul. So I would say Donald Trump should run and uh and try to court rand paul early so that he doesn't announce a run tell ron DeSantis your plan so no one else gets any kind of feathers you know ruffled or confused and then it'll be a clean sweep 2024 2028 a re-election bid for ron in 2028 i know people want to have uh, like a third trump run again and again and again it was a fun meme we'll see if it ever becomes uh, more than a dream pj yeah, I think I think it's hard for Ron DeSantis because he has to strike when the iron is hot. And that's the issue right here. It's like right now, Ron DeSantis is the guy, right? So like we don't know if and he doesn't know. And that's the thing that he's gonna have to decide is like he doesn't know if he can wait till 2028 and still be the guy, you know, the guy that everybody's talking about, the guy that uh could easily win a presidential election. So it's it's difficult because like I've heard the arguments that you know he's got a lot less baggage. Personally, my opinion on Ron DeSantis, like in a is that I think he's Trumpian in the best ways uh, without some of the character flaws that Trump has. I, and I don't agree entirely with people that say, um, well, he wouldn't do the things that Trump did as far as draining the swamp and things like that. I mean, who else literally goes against Disney in Florida? True. You know what I mean? Like I, So I know that people want to turn that, – that, that's actually my big worry is that people are trying to pick between Trump and DeSantis, which eventually we're going to have to, uh, and, and thinking that that means we're picking – you know, you have to be – hate one or the other i guess it's like in all honesty we're picking between two great choices here and uh so like part of me does want to see desantis be his running mate because keeping that momentum going you know what i mean like taking that to the next level because you can't expect him to know or to to have the faith or anybody to know that he's going to be the guy in 2028 he's not going to have like some huge competition you know so if desantis um, is the governor for the for the first term right now in florida he still mm -hmm. has another term that he can and he promised to serve the people of florida sure yeah. i would be surprised if he would come off of that especially when trump still has eligibility like i, I understand what you're saying but yeah and i see the comment of saying well maybe desantis should be the running mate and get experience i think the if you ask people who know the least effectual person in politics now more than ever you're is true, the VP. You're right. So you're right. Taking Ron away from Florida and making him a VP is like taking your hot iron and shelving it. You should yeah. keep it in the fire. Yeah. Let it get even hotter. Let Florida become even cooler. Let him kick Disney right the hell out. Let him go after the airlines next. Let him, you know, start doing some real crazy stuff in Florida. 
And then they'll see it as like, well, DeSantis is a no-brainer for 2028 instead of it being a contender. Right. Yeah, you're no, making a I good agree. point, for sure. I agree. I, I wouldn't want DeSantis. Well, they're not paying me, but they should be. Yeah. I, I've said this before on numerous different occasions. I wouldn't want to see DeSantis as a running mate to Trump only for the fact that you're pulling him out of Florida and me being a Florida resident, knowing that there is nobody that could uh, live up to the mantle of a Ron DeSantis right now. So we need somebody like Ron DeSantis at the helm of Florida, at least through the next uh, term, because he was one of the individuals here in the state of Florida to help curve or help uh, uh, fix some of the voting issues that were uh, taking place in the state back in 2018, where he barely won that election because they kept finding votes and votes and votes down in Broward County. And, you know, as soon as he became elected governor, guess what? That supervisor election was fired because of her incompetence or her treachery, if you will, uh, down in there, along with other people that need to go. And the whole voting system here in the state of Florida has been revitalized. Uh, as you saw, Trump had won with an even bigger margin in uh, 2020 here in Florida than he did against Hillary back in 2016. I will say this. Uh, the, the the thing about Ron DeSantis staying in Florida is I think that Florida finally has a chance to not, not be a swing state anymore. Yes. So, like, that's what that's the reason I would like to see him stay till 2028 because – and I think Michigan's going to be facing this in the fall. I don't know. You might agree or disagree with me, Tom, on this. But, like, with uh, the way that Whitmer's handled things and the thing about Roe v. Wade, how there's a lot of states that had trigger laws. Michigan was not a trigger law, but we had a law on the books that said, hey, uh, in 1938, that was, like, if, if Roe v. Wade – or yeah, sorry, before Roe v. Wade, obviously, but like abortion was illegal here. So when Roe v. Wade was overturned, abortion should have been de facto illegal here again. But she put a kibosh to that and basically made this election uh, about abortion. And I think I think Michigan's in a very similar place to Florida in that way, where if, you know, depending on who gets elected this this uh, fall, we might see the state become further blue or, for, or uh, you know, have a chance to, I would like to, I don't know, hope that we could get have a chance to get someone in like Ron DeSantis. We've had... The terribly uh, we've had terrible republican governors in the state too i would say i don't know if you agree with me on that but like that's why that's the one reason i'd like to see ron DeSantis stay because florida is vast is fastly becoming not a swing state anymore it's becoming more red you see people moving there all the time and it's uh i think it's different than texas where you see places like people like elon musk bring companies there that are going to move in a lot of these big tech guys who are going to be more blue i think florida is actually becoming more red because of ron DeSantis. so i would agree it'd be nice that. to have florida not be the one that's the hanging chad state every election is my point uh, we had a clean election last in 2020 though sure yeah but i'm saying is like even then people were like we don't know which way florida is going to go frank yeah. would you say that florida's election was the cleanest and most certified uh, like most secure in, in florida yeah this uh this last election it was it was i actually know the one of the supervisor of elections here in the county that i live in and you know some of the information he you know he talked to me about and stuff like that you know he said a lot of stuff got cleaned up um, after DeSantis, you know, took the helm here in the state and made it a lot easier uh, to actually remove people from the uh, ballot or ballot or uh, voter rolls that had not been in the state or had passed away and stuff like that. So there was a lot of uh, fixing that was done in our election system here in the state of Florida um, <clears throat> over the last the course of the last couple of years. Here in the state of Michigan, I know we have Matt DiPerno on the ballot for uh, AG, and I've met Matt. Um, and he has been incredibly outspoken at the Capitol and at various rallies and uh, protests in Michigan about this. Again, just cleaning up the voter rolls, cleaning up the registrations. There are you know, 40,000 something voters just in Wayne County who should not be in the rolls. And we knew so going into 2020 and they were all counted. Um, and that was just like a, a speck 
on the tip of the iceberg of problems right. that were in Michigan. So if we can get the correct people elected this year, then we have standing for future elections. But I think it's kind of a tipping point in Michigan. I and agree. I'm afraid that this is going to be the case in other states where if you were one of those five, if you want to call it those five swing states that did not go with every other metric that you would have thought would have gone, that all overnight had these crazy phenomenal successes for Joe Biden, that by COVID vaccination rates did not match as they did every other state, 45 states, the COVID rates matched with the elections, except for these five. If you're one of those five, I have a feeling that your elections this year and 2024 will look even more skewed. And that will be the catalyst for a hot civil war. Mm. Yeah. So as we wrap up uh, for this evening's first show of the last American Pubcast, which will air every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, we will be looking to add guests to our to our uh, podcast here to come on and talk about you know their platforms or what they do in industry and have them talk about some of the things that are happening around the country, cultural-wise or even political-wise, and have them weigh in on it. So I'm very excited to have uh, the following week and the following week. So make sure you Check us out over on our official Twitter account. Uh, I'll put it back in the uh, in the chat there again for everybody. And then, again, if you uh, will be communicating through that Twitter account to share with you guys upcoming guests and exciting new things for the uh, for the podcast, and we may be adding one extra chair to this uh, to this wonderful lineup that we currently have. Uh, but if you're looking to check out the rest of our individuals that are here. Um, we have, of course, myself, Let's Be Frank. You can find me on this channel, Let's Be Frank, uh, for daily videos. I publish at 2 p.m., 5 p.m., 8 p.m., and 11 p.m. daily, along with the American Pubcast, which is uh, featured here on the channel on Saturday nights. But you can also visit the official uh, American, the last American Pubcast YouTube channel, which is currently streaming right now, where we mm -hmm. will have the segments chopped up uh, for later viewing. But you can also check out PJ Williams. Yeah, so I uh, saw a comment in the chat earlier when I introduced myself. I forgot to say like what I do. Um, so if you guys want to check me out on YouTube, uh, you can look up Wartime Propaganda, which is my uh, podcast I do every week. And I also do another one with a co-host called Broody and the Beast. So it's B-R-E-W-T-Y, Broody. Um, and uh, that's got its own channel, but it's also on mine as well. And uh, the best place to find me is uh, Twitter and Instagram at PJ underscore Patriot. So, yeah, thank you for having me on, Frank. This has been a, a great uh, first podcast. I really enjoyed talking to you guys. No, absolutely. And, of course, we have our one of our favorite residents here, our Odyssey champion, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Tom America Floats. Yeah, it's Tom from America Floats. I appreciate, uh, Frank, having me here. PJ, getting to speak with you. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure this will evolve and become even more fun. So thank you to everyone who was watching and listening and who will watch and listen in the future. Um, if you did want to check out anything that I do, I post virtually every day. Uh, it's the channel America Floats on Odyssey, Gab, BitChute, Rumble, uh, Minds, Getter, Truth Social. On Twitter, it's at Float Show. Everywhere else, at America Floats. Just a, a humble channel here in Michigan trying to keep your head above the sea of junk headlines and keep America afloat. Yes. No, thank you for uh, sure, Tom. And of course, PJ, um, I'm very excited. As I explained to the gentleman here way before we even got anything launched, this, uh, you know, the show, this is its own entity, the last American pubcast. It's not 
let's be frank, and it's not PJ Williams, it's not, you know, uh, uh, Tom America floats is his own entity. We just happen to be on the show, which is hosted here on this channel. Uh, but we are growing the other channel. So I look forward to you guys subbing to that other channel as we grow that entity, as we can continue to try to grow this show to become, you know, larger, more impactful, and to be able to bring uh, more guests on. And we'll actually start having our first guest next week. And I will tweet about that later on in the week to let you guys know who will be appearing. And we will continue to do our little tweaks on the show as we continue to move forward but i appreciate all of you thank you rick uh for the super sticker uh we do appreciate it um thank you to all the uh, mods who were in the chat today already so thank you guys for helping mod and thank you so much for all of you guys to support we appreciate it and we hope to look forward to seeing you guys back here next saturday 7 p.m eastern um Saturday. <laughs> I was going to add a date to that, but I didn't know what the date was. So, oh, well. Uh, so, but outside of that, I hope you guys all have a great night. Um, and we'll see you guys a little bit later. So I hope you all have a great night. Peace out, everyone. <laughs>